go. <laughs> Alrighty. We wanted to finish the song. Well, Armand wanted to finish the song, but I'm like, you know what? I was getting seven minutes, seven before. <laughs> yes, <laughs> seriously, seriously. Uh, happy Monday, everybody. We are live, and we got a bunch of people coming in already. Um, we have a very, very special guest with us, all the way from. I want. We wanted to say London, but he's from our. He's from Armenia. Turn down, Ed. There you go. It's okay. It's, it's, it's not for Ed. Sure. It's there not Ed. Who is it? There we go. It was me as well. Sorry. <laughs> Turn it down, Arno. Live with Arno tonight. Turn it down, Arno. Uh, all the way from Yerevan, Armenia, Mr. Emil Giesen. Cheers. Thank you very much. Dude, thanks for taking time out of your Monday to be with us. Yeah, it was a slow Monday. Monday's generally slow. <laughs> uh, happy Happy Labor Day as well. Yeah, for all of you that are do they, un- on unemployment, actually work. happy Labor Day. Wait, <laughs> 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 well, do they celebrate Labor Day in England? Do we have? People just go to work. We have, we have bank holidays where people don't go on a Monday. But yeah, not Labor Day. No, really? Yeah, okay. Nothing called Labor Day? No, nothing. Anything equivalent to Labor Day? No, just bank holidays. That's it, huh? Yeah. Mondays. Mm. Yeah, we celebrate Columbus Day, Labor Day, we Veterans Day. We celebrate everything in America. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, it's an excuse for us not to work. As if, as if everybody's <laughs> working now. We have Rainbow Days too sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, dude, we wanted you on the podcast a while ago. And... Uh, we were like your government for that, not giving me a visa. Well, yeah, well, fuck the government for not giving me the visa. And <laughs> watch us, watch, watch us get buffered now in the next <laughs> ten seconds. But uh, I was, we were like, we were like, bro, we got to find out when Emil is coming to the states because if we're gonna do this with him, we got to do it live. Like we have to do this and now. Live. We're live. We're going live. Yeah, and we're and we're live. And from you know the three of us, we really really appreciate you, you know, making time for us. Bro. No, no, it's it, cool. It, it's, re- it's really it's really great. I wasn't here. I'd be out eating kebabs. So. Or smoking, <laughs> or smoking hookah. Yeah, you done me a favor. Let me ask you. Okay, let me ask you this. Obviously, we'll get into the whole nitty gritty as far as Armenia and the war and all that stuff. Are you sure? Uh, I thought it was about but kebabs and that's hookah. That's what I thought yeah. it was about. <laughs> did you smoke hookah and, and stuff prior to going to Armenia? Yeah, yeah, my, my dad's Syrian, so I'm half Arabic. So oh, really? Yeah, yeah so uh, you Armenians don't even own hookah. It's no. shisha officially yeah. from yeah, the Middle yeah. East. Well, fuck me then. You Armenians yeah. steal everything. <laughs> you blame the Turks it's and the What others have done to us, we do well. Exactly, you do it well. Everybody right now is watching this going, what do you mean? I thought he was on our side. <laughs> <laughs> Not when it comes to the Shisha, no. So, yeah, I've spoken to it for years. Have so, you seen Armenians claim that, really? Well, a lot of Armenians say, yeah, hooker is theirs. What the fuck is wrong with these people? So, hold so on. Actually, Mom Arabic or dad is? Father, my dad's a Christian Syrian from Damascus. But Gisin. Yeah, it's an Arabic name. Lebanese, really? Lebanese name. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or Gasson. Gasson. Interesting. Gasson now. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. But going back in time a little bit now, um, being a veteran, serving for the UK, again, you know, I know you didn't serve for the States, but it doesn't really matter because you serve a side, you know, right next to the United States in the war for Afghanistan and Iraq. So mm-hmm. we want to thank you for your service, no, first you and much. foremost. Um, but tell us a little bit about what made you pick up a camera, go to a small country in the in you know in the middle of the world, and say, you know what, I'm going to be filming this uh, Artsakh war. I mean, what what was going through your head as far as this country, and what made you actually go out there and do that? So I, I served 12 years in the military. I've done Afghanistan, um, fighting. Our first mission was to hunt Bin Laden and destroyed Al Qaeda training camps. That's where I first went. Then invasion of Iraq and then several tours of Afghanistan afterwards with the Americans. We were like working partners, and then I left and went into like private security, doing bodyguarding work. I also done um, 
And the piracy work with Somali pop. My voice now. No, hold on. My voice is gone. Okay, no, 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 now no. I'm back. Yeah. And then the Somali pirates that were attacking the ship. So this is like in private sector. So I was employed to go on ships in the Indian Ocean and off the coast of Nigeria to shoot at pirates. And then I was, I was just that bored. was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> it was boring. <laughs> on the ships, it was good money. I was getting paid really well, money, um, really well. But it was just boring. You just go on these ships, and then most of the crew were Indian or Filipino, and it was just like. Oh, same question after question. How much does petrol cost in your country? How much does this cost? And I was like, so I was bored and I met a guy in a pub who was going out to go fight ISIS um, in England. He's like, I'm going out to fight the Kurds, with the Kurds against ISIS. And I was like, mm, why do you want to go fight? And he was like, he was just like, bored. He was bored, that was it. So there's a group of him, Brit guys and Americans that were going out oh. as a team to go fight against Islamic State. So I decided, I went, I spoke to a TV company, I go, are you interested in making a documentary? I've never made a documentary before. And they were like, yeah, it sounds great, but it sounds, sounds dangerous and we're not insured for this. So I was like, oh, okay. So I then went on eBay, bought a camera for about 700 to $900. And then I just went out to Iraq and hanging around in Syria. I went over the border into Iran, making my first documentary, Robin Hood Complex. Um, and that was like an eye-opener, like, how do I make fucking films? I don't know how to make a film, but we made a brilliant film. It's on YouTube. People can watch it now, Robin Hood Complex. Robin Hood Complex? Yeah, the fight against Islamic State. And then I went to film school and then for a year and then made my second documentary, Robin Hood Complex, Europe's Forgotten War, with guys who were fighting against the Russians in, in Ukraine. So I was in the trenches there. So whenever there's a war, people like always message me and go, Mill, you going to this war? You going to that war? I, I think people want me to die. Then it's like, <laughs> they're, just put, they're pushing me into it. You were the I, Joe Rogan of war. Yeah, and it's are, you like, gonna... are you going to this one? I was like, but normally I fund my projects myself and yeah. then I try to find sponsors and people to donate. Um, so when this war happened, well, the war happened in um, last year, people were like, you going to Armenia or Azerbaijan? Or you going to the war to cover it? And I was like, oh. So I didn't know much about Armenia. Um, I hold my hands up to that. And then I was looking at the 2016 war. It was only four days long. I was like, by the time I pack my bag, get to the airport, the war will be over. So I thought, and then I saw like all the drone footage of the Zeris that they're posting. um, And I thought this war might go on a little bit longer. So I just bit the bullet, booked a flight and went out there. And that's how the journey started for 45 days. That's really how it is. What was the process like landing in Armenia? You're in Yerevan? Yeah, so I didn't know it. Same as when I went to the Middle East to do my first documentary. When I went to Ukraine, I didn't know anyone. I just turn up and I just go out about my business network. It's all about networking. There's all, I think whatever job you do in life is about people, connecting with people. Once you connect with people and then like go, can you get me to this place? Get me to that place. So um, really that was it. So I turn up. I went to Yerevan and got the accreditation. And they gave me the accreditation. I went to Goris. I had to get Accreditation second. as a journalist? Yeah, or? journalist, yeah. So then... Um, I had to go to Goris and get a second accreditation and they're just being douchebags about giving it to me. So like, who are you? You're just a guy who's turned up here. And I was like, I'm a filmmaker, I'm making a documentary. And then eventually then I got into a taxi and went to Stepanica and that's where I started the journey kind of thing. So yeah, it's, I just I just randomly turn up. But you, uh, Armenian people are very suspicious, especially of British guys who turn up. Um, can't blame them, can you? Well, now I can. I'm, a, I'm an Armenian resident, so like <laughs> any Brit guy turns up now, I'd be like, "What the fuck are you up to?" <laughs> <laughs> what, what What was their initial reaction to you actually showing up? It was like, okay, <clears throat> you got this, you know, stocky British British guy showing up with the camera, and it says "press" on his ch- chest. Like, is he is he really? You know, yes. a reporter, or is he a quote-unquote? Yeah, what a lot of people <laughs> have been saying recently is uh, spy. Yeah, um, 
what it is is the Armenians who work in government don't understand how media works in this day and age. It's freelancers sell footage to big companies. So if you're not, so like, who do you work for? I go, I own my own production company. Yeah, but what, what? So if you're not coming in and saying you're Russia Today or BBC or CNN, they're like, oh, you're a nobody. But it's totally, they don't understand how it works in war zones. And war zones is because money has been cut from media. So it is individuals that go out there, they're called stringers, they go out, find information and they sell it to other companies. And um, that's where Armenia fucked up in this war, by not allowing independence the access to sell that information to the rest of the world for media outlets. They just wanted big like companies like Reuters to turn up, um, CNN, Fox, BBC. Who, so have, who are prop- propaganda pushers, basically. Well, a lot of right? time, yeah. yeah. I'm, so not, I'm not a big fan of them. But then yeah. the enemy had turned off all media access. The Z- no, the Zeris did have media as well. The Zeris did have media companies there, like for example, the BBC were there, but um, it's very controlled where they take them and what they see. It's like the bus turns up in the morning, takes them to this location they want to take them to, and they go, um, "This is what we want to show you today." But Armenia would would trying to do the same, but they were just like novices in how to deal with me- media. And in the end, I just do my own thing, just going around, just trying to get to the front. So line. basically, you were the only one that was actually a freelancer there. There was a few freelancers, but I was the only filmmaker, the freelancer during the war. So Armenia basically fucked up by basically saying, "Okay, we don't, we all we want is Fox, BBC, CNN, all the major news outlets. That's what we want." The the Armenians wanted the Russians. From what I was, from the way I felt, it, they wanted Russian media there to tell the story because they wanted Putin to get involved. So they were like, anyone who's Russian, like everyone's heard about War Gonzo, for example, giving access everywhere to go because they wanted the Russians to tell the story. They weren't really interested in the Brits or the, the Russians Americans. Russians knew the whole story. They were part of the story. Of course, the Russians are massively <coughs> part of the story, but they, they weren't really interested in anyone else. They just wanted the Russian journalists like to go there, all the, all the big names. It was just the way they dealt with it. They dealt with it wrong. And um, I spoke to several people since, and they were like, yeah, we didn't know how to deal with media. because It's, it's quite new now, especially the war... In the 2016, yeah, social media was around, but it didn't last long enough for it. They, but people don't really understand that media and social media plays a massive part in war. It's propaganda. You think about the Second World War, for example, it'll be like posters. It'll be like the radio, the wireless. They'll be telling that information. Now it's instantly on your phone. Yeah. I, could, I was there and I was on Instagram. So when you had Wi-Fi in certain places... Do you mean I'll be uploading everything? So people instantly, it's all like people that following me from the diaspora were seeing within minutes what was going on yeah. firsthand. And that's a double-edged weapon. It can be good and it can be bad. Because not only are we in the diaspora seeing it, but also the enemy seeing totally, it. Totally, right? yeah, yeah, 100%. But I'm, I'm surprised at what you're saying because Pashinyan's main weapon was social media to win the election in 2018. Totally, right? yeah. So why didn't they utilize uh, social media and independent journalists to to really spread the word around that's what i don't understand they're just distrustful of anyone that was there they mm. don't you I, I totally get it from the armenian perspective is that that when the war started the Azeris and the turks knew exactly where every location was they knew within days they had hit by drones or by rockets um from the air um is that people reporting but people have been living in Atak for years recording information reporting where everything is talking about troop movements mm. so when Journalists turn up. It's very easy to just go. You're a journalist. You've got to be a spy because why else would you be here? And yeah. it's a good. It's a good cover. Of course, yeah. it's a brilliant cover. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I understand why they're very suspicious at the time, especially when the war's active. But like I kept saying to them, I go, I'm making a documentary. This documentary, I knew the war wouldn't last forever. I was like, this documentary will outlast the war. Isn't that no one's going to see what we've got until after the war's over? But they won't get it. They're just being very suspicious. Because everywhere I went, it was like, don't film that. Don't film this. Don't film. I'm like, me being ex-military, I know. 
I've worked with media teams when I was in the military and they were pain in the fucking arse. I know they are pain in the arse. But I'm like, I need to get this footage. And like, no, you can't fly your drone here. You can't do this. And I was like, it was getting really frustrating. So looking back during those times, I remember one comment you made about how the trenches the Armenians yeah. were in straight lines. And how you were talking about in English, I mean, England, you guys have the zigzag. Yeah, all which NATO troops do, yeah. It really makes sense. I mean, you don't want the straight line will give you a bigger explosion, correct? Yeah, of course. Anything that lands in the straight trench, the blast is going to go straight in the straight line. Yes. But if you zigzag it, you have blast. Cut holes. it off. They even done it in the First World War. Yes. Now, today, <laughs> Armenia is still digging straight trenches. It's laziness. That's what it is. They have a digger that turns up a tractor and they just dig in a straight line. There's like no one, there's no one planning it to go to them. Yeah, do zigzags. And, and the guy who's probably digging it is like, oh, that's too much effort. And, <laughs> and the Armenians are like, yeah, fuck it, it is too much effort. Yeah, just get it done. Um, so yeah, but totally, yeah. And But the thing is, I've got to be careful because I turn up and knowing that is, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not Armenian. I don't support Armenia to the degree in the sense that I'm not there to help them. It's not my job. I'm a, I'm a journalist. I'm a yeah. filmmaker. But I see these guys and these young soldiers, and I'm like, I want to give them like a bit of a heads up and like help them. So I'm like saying it to the commanders, and the commanders look at me like, aren't you a filmmaker? Why are you asking so many questions about like our military tactics? I'm like, I'm trying to do you a favor here to help you out. So I've got to be, I've got to tread the line carefully. Yeah, yeah, you got to be, be cautious. Yeah, I can't be seen as the guy who's coming in and because they get and go. A lot of people don't understand that. In Britain and America, you could serve in the military, and then when your service is over, you get a new career. A lot of people see it and go, well, you were in the military before. You're still working for them. It's like, no, 100% I'm not. I wish I was getting paid by the Queen, but I'm not. I've now got to earn my own money. Um, so they, they get very suspicious about that. They think, well, once you're in the military, you're always in the military. And it's like, no, I'm just trying to help you out, mate. Yeah. You know what I mean, make your fucking trenches zigzag. So they knew you were ex-military. Yeah, you, well, yeah, that, yeah. That you had military experience. Yeah, you're not yeah. just a journalist showing up there. Yeah, I tell, I tell people, because knowing that when it comes to soldiers, they, they find it's a rapport. They feel yeah. like, oh, you understand what we're doing now because you were this. And you show them a few photos. You tell them about Iraq and Afghanistan. And they're, they're more, on, more on side with me. So even when I was like filming my, my first two documentaries, whenever I meet people, they have a a natural report to me because they think, oh, you understand what we're going through because you've been there. Yeah. So I, I always try to like bring that to play. Because you, you're in the, tr eventually you got into the trenches because you were oh. like literally in the trenches with these guys yeah. going on IG lives, you know, going on IG stories. What was going through the soldiers' heads as far as these 17, 18, 19 year old kids, 20 year old kids, um, you know, standing in trenches, shooting at, what we would Drones. think was, yeah, uh, Afghan, yeah. Uh, Afghan soldiers, uh, Azeri soldiers, but up in the sky, I mean, you got 21st century technology yeah. coming down on us. The, the thing is, though, is the, the Armenian military isn't as efficient as they need to be. There's a massive amount of failures. I think they're, they're two, the generals and the commanders are very Soviet thinking. They're still fighting, thinking they're fighting in the 70s, 80s. They yeah. haven't adapted. The Zeris are more tactically aware. They're more NATO standards, like the, because the Turks are. So yeah, these young guys who are just ill-trained, unprepared. They're using weapons that Dad used in the 90s war. Do you know what I mean? They're doing these poor kids there, and you've got these robots in the sky that have been loitering up there for nine hours looking for a target, and then it goes, oh, there's a target that's engaged it before it runs out of time. So a lot of them, but their spirit, the Armenian soldiers everywhere I met, I never met the soldiers other than when I was in Shushi on the 11th and 12th of um, November after a peace agreement. Other than them guys, during the war, they, they were upbeat, they wanted to fight, do you know what I mean? They were happy. And then that is, 
a lot of my work I do with a bit of a sense of humour, like my Instagram and stuff. And I do, I do, I tell jokes because I'm a soldier. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've seen my mates blown up in front of me, and you've got to make humour of it for your mental health. You've got to adapt to of it. Of course. And I, the thing is, I, I'll be like posting stories of funny things about the Armenian soldiers and everything, and then people from the diaspora are like it's disgusting. You're not showing respect to our soldiers, like. Your soldiers who are on the front line are making jokes. I'm with them making jokes with them. They, yeah. This is like the humor of being a soldier is having a good sense of humor. It's crazy. Like the Armenians in the diaspora, oh, including nightmare. myself. Some of them are nightmares. Instead of making those comments, why weren't we the ones doing the work you're doing? Mm. But the thing is, if, you, if like uh, last night we had a thing uh, on the stars, of, uh, stars on Brands with Cash like an event meeting group with me yeah. and I was chatting to someone and they and many people have said this is they go if you are Armenian no one would care about this film yes. and it's true and yeah, that is definitely. true the fact is I'm British I've got a British accent and I'm an outsider who doesn't know anything about Armenia doing this story it makes it more credible mm-hmm. that people go yeah um, absolutely but yeah. It, or the other way around yeah, 100%, yeah. No, I don't think so. Because oh, yeah, yeah, the fact that he's not Armenian, he's, he's not, he has Bro, nothing vested. We had no idea his dad was uh, Syrian, right? You said, or yeah, Lebanese. Syrian. Yeah. No, Syrian. Syrian. We had no idea his dad was Syrian. No, we yeah. didn't. Like well, as soon as, he's, as, soon as we talked about hukkah and stuff, he goes, "Oh, Syria." Like, what? Change <laughs> of course it doesn't. Right? But now it's like, okay, now when I think of Emil, originally when I saw Emil, I was like, okay, you know what? The Englishman, British, Engli- British. Yeah, British Englishman. Served in, you know, for the Great Britain as far as for Afghanistan and Iraq. Mm-hmm. And then now he says, you know, uh, my father was Syrian. R- that well, cha- you, that changes the perspective of us. I look at you as far as not only being British, I see you as a cousin now. Because hmm. like the Armenians, the Lebanese, the Syrians, we kind of have a lot of things in common as far as culturally. Yeah. Uh, hence the reason why, you know, you've spoken the hookah and everything. It was like, <laughs> okay, now, now I get it. But this is the thing is like the war in Syria went on for over 10 years. It was a brutal war. And uh, I don't want to downplay the war in Armenia. It was 44 days, yeah? And it was a nation that's under threat. But the war in Syria was a civil war. 10 years of it. Knowing that is every single international community country was involved in that, trying to like fund the rebels who I call terrorists against Assad. And I'm not saying I'm an Assad supporter. But what I'm saying is that the alternative to Assad was worse. And knowing that it's a Christian population. I'm not religious at all. I don't believe in God. Um, but I'm, my You're family, not an atheist either. Um, you wouldn't uh, call yourself that. I don't know. I'm just a no, I'm a non-believer of any religion whatsoever. I believe there's a higher force out there, of course. That's it. So but you're I think, not an atheist. But I believe that the higher force is the solar system, the the sun, the moon. Do you know what I mean? I, I can't answer that. You're an energy sort of kind. Yeah, of Yeah, I don't believe there's an actual god that's looking down. I don't believe in any particular re- religion. I don't believe in um, Jesus or Muhammad or whoever it is. That's just my personal opinion. And anyone else that does, I respect. The higher that. power, and that's about it. Yeah, of course. And uh, so, but when it comes to religion, I culturally understand religion. I respect people's religion. And when it comes to the Middle East and the places like Armenia that are surrounded by people that hate them, is I respect and understand the fact is that you're under threat. And when it was the war in Syria that went over for 10 years, is my family who are Christian, who do believe in God and believe in Jesus, is that if Assad had left or been taken over, the Syrian pop- the Christian population in, in um, the Middle East would have been disappeared very quickly. And that's something very conscious I know about. And when we talk about Syria, for example, we know Britain, America, Saudi Arabia, Turkey... All these countries were funding terrorists in Syria. The Free Syrian Army, no matter what anyone says, are a terrorist organization. And people funded them to support the overthrow of Assad. And that is simple. And they didn't care what happened after that. Same as America and Britain, we supported the Mujahideen in, in Afghanistan, in 
in the war against the Soviets. We didn't care about who these people are and what their ideology was. We just wanted to like, disrupt the Russians. And that's simple. And we were doing that again in Syria. And very much in Armenia, I could see that happening again. And that's what motivated me to tell the story from the Armenian side rather than the Azeri side, is that I saw well, a country did you of try to, Did you try to go into the Azeri no, side? No, I wasn't interested because I'd done a documentary, my first documentary of the Kurds. And the Kurds and the Turks, obviously, there's a lot of contention there. Definitely. So I had a lot of issues with Turks through social media before. So I know how aggressive they can be. So when it when it came to the Armenians and the Azeris, me sat at home in England at the time, it was to me it was a no brainer. Okay. Um, because in my eyes the Armenians are the underdog in this war. And that, as we see now, do you mean but then I when I was there in Armenia filming during the war, I thought, the Armenians might win this. They won the nineties war. They're like, What's going on? I'm what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing, they could actually win this war. So when I first started forty five days, we were we were, in my head, being a complete and utter idiot. I was expecting Republic Square, this big victory parade, to be brilliant for the documentary and everything. And then November the 10th happened. And it just threw everything upside down. Like, fuck. I was like, where do I go with this documentary now? Armenia's lost this war. What do I do now? Um, but we still managed to make a brilliant documentary out of it because the 45th day, the war was 44 days of fighting, but the 45th day was the day the trilateral agreement was in, put into effect. And when the Russian peacekeepers moved into Artsakh, so really, that was the most important day out of all the days involved in this. So, I mean, you were obviously there in the front lines. What was, you, you said that during the war, the soldiers were upbeat and they were motivated and willing to mm. fight. But was it because they thought they were winning the war? Yeah, or, totally. Or was it? I how, think uh, every Armenian thought they were winning the war. Well, that's what we were being told. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we were being told. Dude, we, we were here collecting money, donations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we were, there was Armenian flags on every other corner. I mean, other nationalities were thinking, oh, what is it? Is, is it April 24th again? <laughs> we got the flags going up again? It was like, no, you know, we're, we're in times. A million times. Uh, you know, we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. And then all of a sudden. We, we just negotiated. It's crazy. Yeah, shit hits the fan. So but, yeah. but I'm curious as a veteran yourself, what were you when you were seeing the chance about we're winning, we're winning, were you actually in agreement with that or did you have a different perspective? I think well, it, you get caught up in a moment. When you're around people that are like, look, it's like anything. We're sat in this room here, like mega, like, oh, I'm tired, I can't be bothered. You pick up on that energy, don't you? When you're around people like we're winning the war, I mean, you get caught up in that as well. And um, it's very much is that, that mirroring of like personalities around people. So like even when in when I was in Eurovan, we we're going back and forth to Eurovan from um, Artsakh, and you go into the bars and the mood was like mega sombre. People are still going to bars, sit there, but they're doing toasts to the soldiers, they're collecting money. There's a war effort going on, kind of thing. Um, that very much that I thought, yeah, Armenia might actually win this because especially sushi, which was the big deal, it was the prize, it was the glory of it. Um, so at the time, on the eighth and ninth, when the Azeris started pushing into sushi. They were doing it on foot. They weren't there with tanks or anything else. Yeah. It was foot soldiers. Um, we were, I, I even said to my mate, I was like, the next two days I think are going to be crucial on the turnover, what goes on. Because if you lose Shushi, you lose the panic. Um, and I think that's how the Armenian government made that deal. So they go, if we lose Shushi completely, we lose everything. everything. You've personally been to Shushi? Yeah, yeah. So in the documentary, we show it there as well. And from your experience, you being in Afghanistan and... Just overall, just your experience as a war veteran. Is Shushi really what is... I've never been there. I've seen pictures of it, videos mm. of it, but I've never personally been there. And the way it's always been described is 
you can't overtake Shushi. Yeah, you can. Be- because of it's it's basically like a highest point. Highest point. It's a cliff. You can't cl- really climb up. So uh, elaborate a little bit on how Shushi is and how they were able yeah. to overtake it. Was it more of a I don't you think, think it was a back end. Yeah. It was Be- not an overtake. Well, that's answer. what my yeah. question is. Was it well, a back yeah, end deal? Or be- was, before yeah. you answered, the, what they said here was it was just basically Given over. gifted to them. The doors were open yeah. and it was said, welcome. And this is the thing is, this is what we, I interview soldiers on the 11th and 12th um, of, of November and they talk about it. They're pulling out a Shushi and they're talking about it. And I was there during the war as well. Is the fact is, Shushi is a high ground. The Zeris are very far from their own logistics chain to get like resupplies up there. So for armor, tanks, and for example, to get to Shushi, they need to be supported by the air. So if they don't have the drone coverage, they can't get it. Because it's mountains. Yeah, you can't just like turn up with tanks. Tanks don't tanks don't strategically and tactically they don't work. Fly. Yeah, but they don't work in mountains because the single road tracks easy to take out. So unless they control the skies, they can't move armor in there. So and I think the Armenians are neglective on that because they go, well, pff, do you mean we, we control the roads here? They can't get their tanks in there. But what they done it, like the Armenians done in the 90s, was sneak in there with foot soldiers. Infantry were in there and the Zeri infantry were there and they were very cleverly taking pictures of each other in Shushi on the 8th and 9th with Zeri flags then post them on Twitter to say we've taken it over, the psychological war they were doing. Mm. But yeah, militarily, they weren't in Shushi. There were skirmishes, there was battles, but on the 10th of the sign of the deal, the Zeris hadn't taken Shushi. Because it, they could have been street to street, house to house fighting that could have lasted weeks, months. And knowing that is the, the thing that annoyed me, what I'm um, seeing what happened in the war, is on the 10th, the weather changed. And weather is very important when it comes to war. Of course. Especially when you're using an air campaign, which they did with the drones. On the 10th, and when you see 45 Days, the film, is the footage you see with me driving up to Shushi and the fog's there. The the drones could not have flown. So in my opinion, that if they held on for another seven days, Armenia might have pushed them out. And logistically, moving into winter and strategically moving into winter, the Zeris have gone... We can't fucking take Shushi. We need to make a deal now with Putin. So then they would actually, instead of being in the air, they had to be on the ground, which we had an advantage over. 100%. You you just said something, making a deal with Putin. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the fucking King Dingaling. What do you mean? You can't. <laughs> <When you, laughs> what the fuck are you going to do? King Dingaling. <laughs> exactly. He's now, the man. I agree with you completely. Now, does Armenia have leadership at all? <laughs> well, we're going into political questions here, aren't we? We don't. I don't do <laughs> Armenian politics. We don't do Armenian politics. Um, no, but it's like anything. The big powers of the world are Russia and America. Simple as you. I'm British and I love being British and everything. But we lost our empire many years no, ago. No, 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 no. We lost our empire. Uh, we do it under that. the table now. Yes, our business. Thank we you. do I it under the table. We do it over the top. The Americans do it over the table. We do it under the table. The important part is you said it. You guys do it under the table. Yeah, 100%. The Brits are very active around the world, including this one. Um, I don't think so. No? No, I don't think, not, not militarily. I think the Brits will be looking uh, for intelligence business. Intelligence-wise. Yeah. Not intelligence-wise. The Brits have no interest in the Caucasus. Business-wise, as far business as the mines go. On a financial yeah, level. Yeah, financial level, no, of I mean, course. The yeah, yeah. Brits are very much involved in the mines in that area. Totally, 100%. 100% yeah, yeah, yeah. They're involved in and that. A lot of Armenians who go, oh, you got to be a spy because BP, just uh, the mines, all that. It's like, not everyone who's American works for the government. Not everyone who's Armenian works for the, the Armenian government. It's just... 
It's just the way it is. But the people co- working for the Armenian government are not working for the Armenian government. They're fucking too busy That's like smoking cigarettes, part. like forty cigarettes a day, chain no, smoking so with their leather jacket on, <laughs> sat so in their leather coat, smoking away, pretending they're Soviet not a spy. Soviet era never left. <laughs> wow. The Soviet never of left course, Armenia yeah, yeah. ever. But of course, lots of countries got interested in that region. Everyone will have a certain degree. They want to know what's going on, especially when it comes to Russia. And, that, and that's the di- See, that's the issue. There's what what is there in Armenia that everybody's so hard on about? No, it's not just Armenia. It's the geopolitics they're, of the whole region. They're what are you in the talking way. about, bro. They're, they're in, in the, the way, way of something huge. It's it's it, they're <laughs> they're in the way between Turkey and. So I just kind of create a full on pan Turkism and just wipe out Armenia. Well, that's, that's the that whole goal. Buddy? But I mean, here's the thing: we'll. Britain, will Russia, will America, will France allow that to happen? Yeah, if they have, if they have I, vested interest in I it, I think why not? Antak, yeah, maybe, but sovereignty of Armenia is very different, and no, that's the thing. No, for, no uh, it, it is because you can't, you can't just be seen to wiping countries Emil, off the map. Today, you have Azeris sitting in Sunik. Today, no, yeah, but the roads. Where the in, hell is the rest of the world today? Yeah, yeah but the roads in Sunik bends and meanders through the borders, so like. You see it in my, in my film. You've got one sign that goes, Welcome to um, Azerbaijan. And then you've got like a few yards up the road, you've got uh, Armenian soldiers going, Drive fast for the next four miles, don't stop. Then you go back into Armenia. And you see it like in my footage. We've got the Zeris there, and 100 yards you've got the Russians, and then you've got the Armenians there. That was a, that was a fuck up, that road. Big they, time. They fuck did up. not look at the roads. Because they were rushing to make a deal, they should have gone. Okay, right. No, this Russians is the deal. did that on purpose. We need to buddy. move that to the side. Yeah, but oh. you know what I mean. You're gonna say they've done it on purpose. No, of, of course. course, it's done on purpose. I think, I think it was on. a quick deal that was thrown out there. They should have looked at the road to Kapan and gone. Right, there's gonna be an issue here. Has in the future. anyone been held responsible for that fuck up? In what fuck up? For just that road fuck up. I'm not talking about the rest of the. Who's held responsible for it? The people that signed that shit. Why who would you, bro? Which is who? Exactly. Don't say his name. Don't say his name. Don't say it. We're going to get buffered. <laughs> talk about COVID instead. Biden. 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 <laughs> he said talk about COVID. I need some more whiskey. Let me get some ice. ice. Bring, bring, yeah, bring some ice. Yeah, I know there's, there's a lot of issues on that piece still. It wasn't let, let him put effective. the ice first oh. so it doesn't splash. Thank you. I don't want to ruin your new table. Sorry. You've got equipment here. here. It's not just my oh, okay. new table. Yeah, because you were pouring the whiskey right over the fucking equipment <laughs> while I was holding it right here. <laughs> I was trying to push it that way. <laughs> Is that what you were doing? <laughs> oh, man. Let me get to a couple of questions while uh, Ed gets the ice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by the way, if anybody on Clubhouse, we're on Clubhouse as well. Yeah. If anybody on Clubhouse has okay. questions, uh, raise your hand if you're in the audience. And then if you're, I've invited a couple of people up as far as speakers, flash your mic if you have a question for Emil. Who's that guy there flashing? That's me flashing. Actually. No, 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 the mic, the mic, the mic. The good-looking guy. Who's that? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> We're gonna get to uh, the topic of Afghanistan later on in the uh, podcast, so I'll get to those questions later on. But um, let's see, where's the? Uh, you want to go to a question because there's people flashing their mics here. Yeah, let's take a question. Okay, hold on. We'll take a question while I. There's a lot of okay. comments. Uh, I'm trying to find uh, the questions. Opgar, go ahead and uh, unmute yourself and uh, sure, ask man. your question. Uh, you're on. The, you're live with uh, Emil in the Wise Nuts. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Hi. Uh, my question is: um, other than awareness, which has proven to do no good for Armenians over the past thirty years, uh, what were you trying to achieve with this documentary? Well, I disagree with that. About awareness doesn't raise any, it doesn't do anything for like for the last thirty years. I think 
documenting things are very important. If you don't document them, they get forgotten about. So with this documentary, what we're trying to do is, with the with the fact is that Turkey and Azerbaijan, who have a lot of money in PR companies, they invest a lot into disinformation and misinformation. The fact is that this documentary, in years to come, if someone turns around and says, well, that didn't happen, and I go, well, here's the footage. We've got the footage of this. We've got the footage of people leaving their homes and burning them down. We've got the footage of civilian homes that have been destroyed, and they turn around and say they haven't destroyed civilian you, homes. You've also got footage of weapons being used that are illegal against... No, them. so the, the footage we use in, in the documentary is um, footage we got of a soldier. Um, okay. that's, and so, yeah. But the, I don't want to go into too much in the white phosphorus, but I, when I was in the military, we used white phosphorus. The Americans use white phosphorus. White phosphorus. White phosphorus. It's a weapon system that can be used. A lot of Armenians go, no, it's a legal weapon. It's not an illegal weapon. It's illegal how you use it. If you're using it against troops, you are open to use it. If you're using it against civilians or livestock, it's illegal. But using it in war is we all use it. So that that was a that's a def- I've defunct that straight away that anyone says a white phosphorus shouldn't be used in war. Um, I've used it myself. Um, it's how you use it. But yeah, no, for all, what I want to achieve with the documentary is to tell a story. I want non-Armenians to watch this documentary to understand what happened here. I want non-Armenians to watch this and see, well, this is a country that is under threat by its neighbours and it's a con- constant um, rhetoric from Turkey and Azerbaijan about wiping Armenia off the face of the map when you've got political leaders of countries turning around and calling people from Armenia dogs and rats I think that's very dangerous in that sense so hopefully this documentary which is a total humanisation film it's nothing to do with politics that anyone can relate to it I even want Turks and Azeris to sit down and watch this film and go yeah that could be my brother that could be my mother so yeah I think the arts especially documentaries is vital um, a lot of people go, oh, why we donate money to this documentary? What's it going to do? It's like the Nazis started burning books of Jews during the Second World War. They started burning artwork. And the fact is, if the Nazis had won the Second World War, there would have probably been the eradication of Judaism that people would have gone, no, there's no such thing as a Jew anymore because they destroyed it all. So yeah, yeah, of course. Hopefully this kind of documentary art will go down in history to go, actually, yeah, we've got some documents here. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's the greatest um, story ever, but it's a brilliant film. That people will go. Well, actually, we know what happened in 2020. We yeah, know I mean, what pic- happened. a picture of a picture of people in 1915 didn't go out to, you know, modern day, which, which is modern day Turkey today, which was mm. you know Armenia in the past, and document what was going on. We would have no history. We would not have no articles. Nothing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and this is basically practically the well, same thing. We apparently uh, don't have enough of that proof, yeah. anyways. Abgar, yeah, exactly. I, ho- I hope that answered your question, Abgar. Did it answer your question? Did it answer your question? Uh, so the reason I said that, um, sort of it did, and thank you for uh, no the worries. answer, but uh, the reason I said that awareness doesn't really do anything, especially for Armenian. Uh, for the last 30 years, uh, we spent millions of dollars and uh, we've protested all over the world about the genocide and all that. And we didn't really achieve anything with it. Uh, you know, yeah, but every country uh, in the world is different than it was 30 years ago. Every thirty years ago, Armenia was under com- communism. So, so, so you're saying that countries now are more ethical than they were thirty. No, years but what ago. I'm saying now is that people need you can't just have that attitude of like let's not do anything because nothing's happened the last thirty no, years. You I'm need to you need to be more anything. active. We can invest, for example. Uh, there's organizations like Artakh, and, and I agree with you. We should document things, and I think that should be up to. Um, the international uh, community and as mm. well as the government of Armenia to do so. 
uh, more than um, you know journalists like yourself. Um, but uh, I think that money should be can be can be invested in uh, better aspects. Which money? Can I, Emil? Oh, yeah. Which I, money? I've got. Thanks for the question, Bud. So, why is it that us Armenians are always waiting for someone else to do the work for us? Why does any no international country stepped in? And we still think someone's going to step in and help us. No, Why? And this is no thing. one's going to step in. In the documentary, um, at the end, we have a, one of the people in there, and he actually says it very nicely. Um, he turns around and says, no one cares about us. And obviously, Black Lives Matters was a big issue. Um, and there's a lot of um, narrative about the Black Lives Matter, and a lot of rhetoric, like equal rights, like our lives matter. And he actually turns around and goes, Armenians' lives don't matter. No one cares. No one's going to come to help us. We he's, need to do what right. we need to do. And it is really touching. Like the, If people watching this at the beginning heard the music, we play that music over him saying it. And it's, it is like the reality check goes, you're alone. You need to like look after yourself. And I think, especially when it comes to Armenia, which is a very small population, there's a low GDP in Armenia, is, but you have so many diaspora around the world. You have influential people around the world from the diaspora. I think the, the time is for people from the diaspora to unite more with Armenia and I think that's the issue at the moment is there's, there's a massive disconnect between the, the Armenians time, and bro. the diaspora there's a, there's a huge huge disconnect between the diasporans and the Armenians uh, communication wise it's uh, I think the diaspora is one of the main issues problems actually when you have a country that has a bigger diaspora outside than the population yeah, inside I don't see it going anywhere sorry I'm one of them I yeah, yeah, take the blame on myself the, the first. Thing is, though, as the war, a that's diaspora. Yeah, during the war, I, the diaspora were brilliant in their war effort, and the, everyone from the diaspora rallying together. See, the, the unity, but the problem is, where are they now? It's like a yes, light switch that turned yes. off completely. It's like, yeah, and it is is the foot they took the foot of the gas as soon as the war ended, and I think this is the time they need to like start investing well, into the country. I, I think. I think that there's a reason why they took the uh, foot off the gas pedals because then I was going to ask you. What happened to all the supplies and everything that was being sent from here? This is the thing. is The war lasted 44 days. Logistically, to get stuff shipped, rallied together, get it into Armenia, get it distributed, the logistics chain, it takes a long... In the military war effort, it takes a long time. So, I mean, 44 days isn't long, So, really, when you say long time... Yeah. So, let me understand. So, we ship it from L.A. to yeah. Yerevan Airport, Zavarnos Airport. Mm-hmm. How long does it take from the airport for it to be sorted out, whatever, inventory, and then... The military machine's big. So it goes to a distribution part of the logistics of the military to go, okay, what, what have we got? We've got supplies. And of course, there's a lot of bullshit that's involved in that chain. Of course. And there's a lot of that. Um, it's like, how does it get from, from LA to Eurovan and then go, right, where are we going with this? Um, who do we distribute it to? Where? Who needs what? Kind of thing. And there is a lot of bullshit. There's a lot of red tape in the British military and American military. Logistics is a massive machine on how it works. And like people going, I met a guy the other day who said he bought drones of Amazon and then shipped them to Armenia. And I knew the guy that who actually got one of his drones. And is it? And that took like ten days to get from here to there. Right. Kind of thing. But when it comes to so much logistics it is very hard and well, I, I see the so frustration with a lot of people I drones get from that. Amazon is not something you're going to use against the Zeris no no but it's brilliant weapons it's, a, it's a, for observation they're using it heavily in Syria they use it massively in Ukraine is you put the drone up and you can it's, it's not doesn't have a bomb not a bomb on it yeah it's like a Mavic yeah. and it, but you can see where the troops are you look at it this way man you, you're sending out 
you're sending out a two hundred dollar drone, three hundred, call it a thousand dollar drone. Mm. You call it, you're sending out a thousand dollar drone to scope out the area, and if it gets shot down, okay, it gets shot down. You didn't use a casualty, and you basically okay, a drone was just shot down. But to be honest with me, me being a former commando, is I find it really sad that the fact is that Armenian diasporas have to go on the Amazon to buy something to send to a soldier on the front line. Bro, you have no, it's not just not drones, man. It yeah, was Emil, boots, sleeping boots, bags. Yeah, yeah. You want to we hear were, the whole story? Emil, we were, look, we were, sitting, we were sitting down with the three of us and we got a, we got a call from somebody who said, hey guys, um, we know you guys are big on social media and all this stuff. Uh, we're looking to basically collect some money and send it over to, uh, to buy some binoculars yeah, for Armenia. And we turned around and we start. And, and sorry to say this, but we started. The three of us started laughing. We're like, "Are you fucking kidding me, man? I gotta you, go to Big Five. I gotta go to Big Five you. and buy fucking binoculars to send to Armenia." Yeah, why not? That, that's that's what I'm trying to because. It's mental. And then I was seeing so many different posts about how uh, I forget the name of it, but there, there's apparently like a Craigslist in Armenia where mm. these items were being sold. List AM. Yeah, List AM. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, is this all true or I mean, so, were you seeing? So what's happening is a lot of people I know I know personal friends of mine from the diaspora from here in LA will be like taking donations to be yeah. buying equipment they're taking it to your event. This, I'm not saying this is happening all the time. I'm not saying it would happen once in a while. Um, they turn up at your event airport, their bags get searched and customs there, the, like border staff wherever they are, will take off them. And go, we well, can't be bringing military equipment in here. We need to take hold of it. And then so one of the girls she bought some night sights from LA actually. And um, inside the bag, she put some, like, there was, like, an Amazon receipt kind of thing. And then later on, she was, like, the soldier go, we need night sight. She goes, well, mine got taken off me. Do you know what I mean? She went on to List AM, bought some, and it was the same ones that she bought. Wow. And so that, like, fuck, fuck me. me. Like, and and you see, that, that's not the first one. That's the, issue, that's the issue that the diaspora has. And to me, the whole logistics things, I mean, look, if, if you're talking about U.S., U.K. type of military, that of course, that's... Uh, I mean, that's insane, the amount of manpower it takes to operate all that. But in Armenia, you're being annihilated by your enemies. I would think there, you would have an expedited process to get all that equipment to the front lines. You don't have to go through the Special standardized, yeah, standardized three-week inspection process, right? Yeah, it, 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 that, you expect it to get there very quick. You expect the, the customs to go, yeah, we need this weapon. We need this weapon. We need that. We know what you're up to. Depends who the customs is working well, for, the enemy <laughs> or for the home. See, and that's what I'm trying to understand from uh, Emil is, did you experience that? Did you actually witness all that happening as well? I didn't physically see it myself. No. I just I know so many people from the diaspora that have experienced it themselves. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, I'm not saying... Yeah, it happens every time, but there was time incidents where things were getting taken off. It wasn't going to the place that were. Now, guys, wars are expensive. Wars are very expensive, and this and is the, the type of money we were collecting here was not. This is the, the thing about. Money, I'll, I'll tell yeah. you now. No, no, no. Forget the money that we were collecting. You here. can never collect enough money to. No, fight never. A war. Never. You're not going like, to do that. Armenian fund, for example, a lot of PM, a lot of diaspora are very. They feel really let down by the Armenian fund, for example. And um, would they raise 160, 170 million? Yeah, that's but not, close to 200. That's, that's yeah. not even the cost of a hospital. It's not even two yeah. days worth when of it, work. When it comes to war, we were firing, when my guys were firing javelin missiles, they're like ninety to to $100,000 per missile. Perfect. And we're firing them at one Taliban man on a motorbike. 
Do you know what I mean? Which is like, yeah, it's, got, it's Taliban on my bike. Yeah, launch it. <laughs> no one's... No he's one's not, fucking, his whole life's not worth 90 grand. Dude. Wait, Emil. Yeah, he, the guy's never seen 90 grand in his whole life. Bro, he's he hasn't seen 9 grand. Emil, now today, that same Taliban has its own country with $85 billion dollars yeah. Worth of military oh, equipment. Yeah, but what, what I'm saying, about that, but when, I'm, when I'm talking about like, the money that was getting sent there, and people go, oh, we, we sent near enough $200 million. Really, for a war effort, it's pennies. That is pennies. It's loose chains. Two days worth but of loose chains. Uh, sorry, sorry is, um, the Zeris probably spent that on their PR campaign with just one yeah. company. Is it, so it is pennies. And, I, and I, I totally respect the diaspora that did go into their pocket, did donate, and so many diasporas spent so much, sent so much money fundraised done what they could but really when it comes to war that's not enough enough money and the problem is the Armenians weren't ready for the war and that's the failure that's the fuck up is that for 30 years and it's still going on are we should be are we preparing for the next one no no so no but but did you ever have conversations with let's say generals commanders whoever was he was soldiers leading the pack no so you didn't um, see any of them just soldiers just Just soldiers. soldiers so the whole the whole um the film doc, um, 45 Days isn't about them people. It's not about the politicians who were very actively wanting to give interviews towards the end because they knew how big this is going to be. Not about the generals who were very active, like, can we do an interview to talk about it? Like, no one gives a fuck what you've got to say. We not wanna anymore. See, we want to see what fucking the average soldier's got to say. We want to hear what the mother's got to say. We want to hear what the cousin's got to say. That's more meaningful than some guy who's doing it as a PR campaign. Save his be- own ass. Because yeah. the videos that we were seeing here, again, it, this is all we're, we're talking about. We're in the living what in we LA. S- What we see in social media. Yeah. So what we're seeing is these soldiers saying, look, we don't even have a general leading us. So yeah. We have no idea where to go, what to do, what weapon to use. So there was absolutely no blueprint, no leadership, nothing. Is that is that the f- And that's why I ask you if you had any conversation with them. Not necessarily if it's included in the uh, documentary, but as far as what was truly missing, aside from the equipment not being there? But in in the 90s, we didn't have all that equipment. No, right? but war's changed. Yeah. War's changed. And you're fighting... You're fighting... Imagine the war in the 90s now being fought again, but with technology of 2020. Yeah. That's the difference now. If it was the 1990s, Armenia probably won the war. But because it's 2020 and you've got the drone warfare, the technology, electronic warfare on listening to people's phones... Armenian soldiers using walkie-talkies to talk to, to each other. And they were using the same walkie-talkies called ICOM that we used to listen to the Taliban using. So I was like to them, and I'd be like, who are you talking to? And they go, the hilltop over there. I go, you know the Turks are listening to you. Oh, the Turks can't listen to us. They're not here. I go, they can still intercept that through electronic warfare. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yeah, but if we don't use them, we use our cell phones. I go, your cell phones are tracked. They know my cell phone. They know your cell phone. They know everyone's cell phone. And even when commanders were moving from location to location in their own car for example cars were getting targeted and the media were going yeah a civilian car was targeted today it wasn't a civilian car it was a a commander in the civilian car because the Turks knew exactly who was in that car because of the cell phone through the cell phones and electronic warfare I love the way you call them all Turks (laughs) yeah you call me because it's the reality on it yeah, they are the same pretty yeah. Same yeah. culture, same yeah, people, yeah. same And everything. the fact is, like, Erdogan was go, well, Turkey wasn't involved in the war. Bullshit. But then we, then you have a victory parade, and he starts giving out medals to Turkish-like people. You have it's a like, Turkish flag, a Zeri flag, Turkish yeah, yeah. flag, a Zeri flag. You go to Shushi now, if you drive the road um, Latchin Corridor to um, Stepanika, you drive past Shushi, you've got the Turkish flag, and you've got the Zeri flag. It's same everywhere. Shit. They put it the same everywhere. See, again, 
not no disrespect to England and Great Britain, but in 1776, the, 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 the revolution, American Revolution, at the time, war was basically fought. You had your army come in. You had the opponent's army come in. They would, you know, load up their muskets, fire at each other, and then the other ones would load up their muskets, fire at each other, and it was until... Whoever, Just imagine how you great. got and then, down to yeah, science, didn't but, you? Uh, but then again, uh, this, it's common history, bro. Uh, and then what America did is to win the Revolutionary War was basically you with the French. That's what you done. To well, win besides the war. siding with the French, and they no did. It, the was guer- it, it was guerrilla warfare. Yeah, yeah. No, so, no, 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 no. The Brits then did, in, back in them days. We didn't do guerrilla. You warfare. didn't. So they we weren't used. Yeah, gentlemen. They, they weren't used. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we fought with honor. See, they weren't used to that. And what were they doing? Red coats in basically yeah, yeah. out 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 and about in the in the fields. Red coat. Okay, we're hiding here, hiding here, hiding here, hiding yeah, yeah. here. Boom, 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 boom. That's what we call terrorism. Well, <laughs> America. <laughs> but, but, but I'll be honest now. But it goes back to that. It goes to basically the evolution of war. Yeah. Now imagine if in 1776, you all of a sudden you have somebody coming in with a machine gun. Yeah, but imagine if the Brits had stayed in America, how great this country would be, rather than what it is. But it's not like drones. You fucked were, up. You guys fucked right <laughs> up. You should have allowed the Brits to stay here. Here's the thing, man. This could have been the great United States of America. No. Instead, it's just like, it, it was. No. Wear your mask. It, it was, man. Get in line. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It you're in, oh, wait. You're in California. January. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. You're in California. Go to Texas. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah. The rednecks in You Texas. are not in the real America. <laughs> <laughs> guys, we're going to get buffered. Watch. We're going to get buffered. <laughs> Why? I think that's the best. So, America getting away from the Brits. Gave the birth to the first actual free nation. What free? What's free about this country? Not today. Nothing's Back free about then the USA. Was a free nation. Well, what's free about anywhere? No way. That's a good question. That is a very good question. But, but America is no, no, the most look, freedom you can have, bro. No, I promise well, you. How that. is it? People say this. This is what we're, we're talking yeah. okay, about. No, what's not free today. about America? Listen, vaccine. <laughs> Tell me what's free about this country. No, I have to wear a mask to walk into a shop. <laughs> look, not That's today. Not, free. not today, man. <laughs> look, we grew up here in the 90s. America today, and compared like 30 years ago, completely but, different But like story. that guy was saying earlier, 30 years is a long time. Society changes it across is. Yeah. everywhere. It is. Yeah. Everybody, uh, go ahead and please like, share, share subscribe, yeah. hit the bell, and select all so that you get notified when yeah. the wise ass go live every yeah, Monday guys, night. Guys, mind you, this is, this is not every day that Emil here is basically sitting down having an actual conversation. Yes. Whereas, you know, you, you were at an interview. and He'll do a lot of interviews yeah, yeah, over yeah. the next few months. And that boring as fuck. Yeah, yeah there you go. But he's <laughs> never going to be having scotch in yeah. saying boring as fuck. <laughs> yeah, at those interviews. And looking at, looking at the host Botox face. <laughs> and it's Japanese scotch as well. Yeah, it's Japanese it's scotch. Whiskey. Yeah. And Japanese. we're not gay. Sitting in America. <laughs> oh, fuck, you, as far you as I know. To, you had to go there too. That was too yeah, low, man. Yeah, Most yeah. hosts are, I mean. That's too much. Uh, but, uh, Guys, wait, you're telling me you're not gay? <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the wrong interview. <laughs> oh, God. That's in the other room. <laughs> That's the next room. After okay. party. But uh, I got I got bites out flashing her mic as well. But do we have questions from we YouTube? Do. Arno's been asking, do you see a second war coming soon? No. No? No. Really? No, I don't see a second war coming. It, it is... Artsakh was different because it was contested territory. It's been recognized as Azerbaijan by the international community for years. So when the war started, I'm surprised it took them so long, really. I think every Armenian knew in the back of their minds it was going to happen over that territory. Um, Because, and everyone goes, oh, the international community weren't involved. How could the international community get involved when they turn and go, 
Azerbaijan stop fighting. And Azerbaijan go, it's our territory. Look at the map. Go on Google. Look, Google even says it's ours. Um, so now, that's the failure of the Armenian politicians. It's a failure across the whole board that after the 90s it wasn't recognized as Armenian. So that's the, that's the when issue. When 94 happened, we had a ceasefire in 94. Mm-hmm. There was nothing signed after the ceasefire totally, yeah. to stop that war. So you can't just blame Nikol Pashinyan. Even though I can't stand the guy, I was yeah, one of the yeah, only yeah. people in diaspora that said he's a piece of shit. When the 18 thing happened, oh, and I'm just, all, all three million of the people in the diaspora, hey, you were the only your one. Asses the only were, <laughs> your asses were all in Glendale like this, right? I show, show me one photo of me. Seriously, <laughs> and me as well. Show please. me. An, okay, well, you guys were busy. Show me, and I'll me. walk away as, as, <laughs> as a, a lesbian host. <laughs> Tell, show me one picture of me. Wait, wait. The lesbian part was new. The gay part we knew. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Bro, this is, mind you, we were, we were around but when my, the whole thing was going on. My point is, all four of our leaders have not been working for Armenia. None of them. Look, everybody wants to blame everything on this fall guy, Pashinya. But, but they're all, all guilty. All what, of what, them. What's the population of, of LA? 30 million? No, no, no. no, no, no. That's, 40? No, thir- that's California. 11, 11 million. Give 11 million. What's the population of Armenia? 3 million. Three million. No, that's on pa- push, hold on, yeah. on paper. On paper, yeah. One what, and a half. Realistically, maybe? what is it? One and a half, Armenia is a small country. Very small country. Surrounded by people that want to get rid of the country. It's yes. tough, like being where you are geographically. You're prisoners of your own geography. You have no coastline, which makes it even harder being a landlocked yeah. country. No import, it's, no export. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard going for yeah, Armenia. And um, and the fact is, since the nineties war, no one actually got a grip of it and gone. We need to we need to identify the arts like it belongs to See, Armenia. That's what that's one thing that kind of blows my mind is as far as okay, in the nineties we won the war, mm. and Artsakh. Nagorno-Karabakh, whatever you want to call it, basically belonged to its own free and sovereign yeah, nation. Yeah. What were we thinking as far as not continuing to militarize that place, knowing that, hey, listen, this thing is not over. These guys are literally right next door to us. And to the other side of us is basically Turkey, who's going to be funding Little Brother. Like, what was going through the people's minds or the politicians' minds or the leaders' minds as far as not dumping money into our well, military how many how many fighter jets did nickel order did we have do we did any order fighter four, jets it was yeah, four, four. okay two of them didn't have, weapons. Of them have weapons yeah yeah so so, <laughs> so w- when we talk about what we were surprised that they were using drones how, how long have war drones been around yes we use drones in afghanistan and iraq but not right. to the not the drones that we they're using now these are different warfare and Af- we talk about that in the documentary we highlight about the drones so and the difference but it's been in existence, right? I mean, maybe not utilized. I know, this is me like speaking here, maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but I know people are very influential Armenians that spoke to the Armenian government and said, we can provide you a drone program, yeah. buy off-the-shelf drone program, and it didn't take it up. The Armenian or government even, doesn't have a say in its own, buddy. Yeah, and this is the issue. If, totally. if Moscow approves it, Armenian government gets it. That's how it yeah, works. But this is the, what people need to realize. People going about the Russians, this Russian, that. I'm British. I don't like the Russians. So like, as in like my ideology shouldn't allow to like the Russians. I don't have a problem with Russians at all. However, is that when you're a small country and you're surrounded by people that don't like you, you've got to align yourself with the bigger player. Yeah. And that is the Armenians have done that with the Russians. It's the worst thing that can happen to the Armenians. Ed, so. yeah. No, man, that, you can't so, say that, so, bro. <laughs> fine, fine. Then who are they supposed to partner with? Only way you're going to have a surviving Armenia is to rely on yourselves, guys. How? Just How? You can't. On, on a $14 billion a year GDP? 
if that's, you're trying to protect yourself, like, like you said, there's diasporans that offered all these things. Ed, he right? just he basically just said whatever we collected for Armenia. You stay with Russia, you're gonna get cut piece by piece, piece by piece every thirty years. No, that's been going on. It's no. nothing new. It's tough. Look, you guys think of 1915. Look past that. Russia has always given pieces of our lands to the Turks for some. Right, and if it was okay, and it, at least it's piece by piece. If Armenia was on its own, there's nothing it, left. You're would, down to eight percent of your actual. It would be land, one bro. whole piece that gets given yeah. away. That's it, and I, we're done. I, I get a lot of hate, but stop. Since we've done the premieres, the screenings of the documentary in Yerevan, the hate is towards me stopped a bit, kind of thing. Is that mainly the, the diaspora hate? It weren't Turkeys. I blocked them straight away. Is the diaspora hate towards me, which generally come from Glendale? And I'll be in Glendale later really? tonight. So if anyone really? wants to we've, we've, had him, we, right. we've had hate on you here Whether already. Whether face-to-face, motherfucker. He's like, <laughs> hey, 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 oh, mo- well, hey, motherfuckers. Yeah, we'll be I'm, at Atmosphere tomorrow <laughs> having lunch. <laughs> you know. um, the fact is, though, like, Turn up. and I've said it several times, and there was a, a bit of a Twitter little spat that was going on. That I was saying, Artak isn't Armenia. And then people like to screenshot that. And I was like, people need to move on. And people screenshot it. They weren't like screenshotting the rest of the conversation and go, Emil, this guy is making a documentary saying Artak isn't Armenia. And it, and I'll and I'll stand there and I'll stand my ground with this. It isn't. Yeah, it isn't. Yeah, and not. people need to respect the fact that people from Artak, in order for their help, them to be closer to Armenia, they need to be independent. They need to be their own sovereign state in the sense that they're not Armenians, they're not Azerbaijan, they're not Russians, they're Artsakis. And they need to, and Armenian, but of course, ethnically they are Armenian. They know they're ethnically Armenian, but they know for their own future in that region, they need yeah. to be their own state. That comes away back to the political Armenians. fuck up from the Armenians. Totally, side 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And even now, like people going on about, oh, it's our area, it's our territory, that's not going to solve the issue there by Armenia holding on to it. It's not. Yeah. They need to go, you're your own state. But we are aligned with Armenia. Yeah, because we're what, ethnically yeah. Armenian. That's what they've been doing for the last twenty-eight years. Until yeah, but how many people from the diaspora you know? If you said Artsakh is in Armenia, would kick off? Would have go? You who the fuck are you to say that? You saying that now offends me today? No, no, no. Seriously, offends me today. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Why? What, my stance is a little different on all this, right? I mean, Why? you guys all think Armenia should be aligned with somebody. That somebody has been killing them. Slowly, it's like a cancer. Name one country that's not aligned with somebody. I can't really. Okay, then no, North, North, North Korea. North Korea. So did I bring? Did I bring up? Did I bring up North Korea during the whole war? I said I'd rather be Armenia, sort of being like North no. Korea. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Because that's safer. No, man. Listen, no, North Korea, hundred percent. You become a you become a nuclear state. Like North Korea and save your ass well, being from nu- everyone else. That's the only thing that works today. Fine. Doesn't mean but imagine shit. living Fine. in North Korea now. The life isn't okay. great. Wait, wait, yeah, the bro. politicals, not the political part no, of North what, Korea. What I'm, what I'm, I'm talking about the military protection of North Korea. There is no military protection of North Korea. It'd be smashed within days if like. Bro, do you hold on? Do you think? Okay, hold on. If North they can cause some damage. Hold on, hold on. Hold what damage, bro? Hold on. Oh come on, man. Wait, wait, wait. If the U.S. are where they are today, ladies, one at a time. You guys, wait, stop, stop. I'm gonna mute you. I'm gonna mute you. I'm gonna mute you. No, wait, wait. You've been underestimating your enemies for far Bro. too long, and it's time not to do that. You think if the, if the U.S. and North Korea went to war, how long would it last? North Korea would have a chance. 35 days, I think. I, I think it's 35 days. 45 days. <laughs> well, who is, is Biden president or Trump? That was a nice comment. Oh, okay. <laughs> Biden, 45 days. Like Trump, Biden, 20 no. days. If Biden is president. North Korea will take over the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but my, my, my point is that for the future for Artsakh to eventually have closer ties with Armenia, it needs to be its own independent state. It needs to be. And when you go to like... They don't Artsakh, even qualify as a state. Of, uh, but it's <laughs> the thing is, though, you go to Artsakh and you speak to them and you go, are you Armenian? And they go, no, we're ethnically Armenian, but we are Artsakhis. Really? And they, yeah, 100%. And there's a massive disconnect from people from Artsakh Armenia and the diaspora they're three different entities why are you surprised when you no, talk because you, you have, you have Ar- no because you have Ar- because, because you have Armenians getting a hard on saying Artak is Armenia Artak no, is no, Armenia people from Artak, most of them talk Russian they don't do you know what I mean they line this up when the Russians came in I'm not, I'm, and this is me generally speaking a lot of them will go we're happy to Russians here because we get security from the Russians which we won't get from the Armenians wow and do you know what I mean and, exactly. when, and I say that and then people from like diaspora like Emil's or this that he's a spy and everything it's like well go there yourself go speak to these people and find out first hand like I've done what, how they're feeling because the Russians do provide security. Of course, do they do. Yes. So, but then the Russian w- peacekeepers, and this is me being totally blunt and honest, the Russian peacekeepers with Armenians and people from outside are brilliant. So, they, how are they there really still shootings really going well. on? Why do we see reports every day? Because the shootings are on sovereignty territory between Azerbaijan and Armenia. They're not happening in Artsakh. When we, tell me an incident that's happening in Artsakh. Where the peacekeepers are. Nothing. Are they the recent, recent? No, not in Artsakh. Because the peacekeepers control that area. Well, they run that area. Are you, are you, are you say, trying to you say, say like... Artsakh, you can bring it down to a Stepanakert at this point. What's, what's happening in Stepanakert? Like fighting? As far as today, nothing. There's no, has, no has anybody been shot what, in Stepanakert? No, I, because I, the Russian peacekeepers know. are there. No. What's happened on the border between Armenia and Azerbaijan is different because they're two sovereign countries. The peacekeepers aren't responsible yeah, for two sovereign countries. So you're basically saying so it in a way where... the word that uh, that middleman, Russia, couldn't get involved because it wasn't Armenia. They Remember? do get involved. Well, they do wait, get involved. They said they wouldn't be able to get involved because it wasn't no, Armenia can, proper. They can negotiate. On the border, the border tensions is very different to what goes on in Artsakh. It's because anything that happens in that region, they're resp- the peacekeepers are committed to five years. It makes, they're yeah, responsible makes for them. Yeah. Anything on the border between Armenia and Azerbaijan directly is two countries issues yeah. it's not the Russians because they're not the peacekeepers there however the Russians do get involved like in Sunik the Russians do go stop fighting you move back there you move back there they talk between them they're like a mo- mediator or moderator yeah, a media, yeah and if you shoot at Russia now you're shooting at so this is what I'm saying is the people in Artsakh who, who go where well, the Russians are here we feel protected but how long is that going to last Five How years? long the Ru- minimum years, yeah. the Russians don't go anywhere and leave yeah. they don't leave they stay same thing America and England do. Yeah. They stay. Well, and this is a Taliban. We Fucking amen. Do we have any questions before we, we a, get to... Yeah, we had a question. Do you, do you Have you received a lot of uh, hate or threats from Azeris or Turks? You said you block a yeah, lot Yeah, I block them a lot of them, but, yeah. But... I'm not massively... It's, it's, just, it's just the simple, like, stupid emojis they fucking do. Where they put like the Zarian Turk flag and then the wolf. They send you... And it's like... Just dick pics. Dick pics. <laughs> 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 I always fuck you. I've, ne- I've never had an Azeri dick yet. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it. Like, <laughs> I haven't had one yet. If you want to, sorry, mate. If you want to send me a dick pic, feel free to send me a dick pic. Maybe I should do ratings on dick pics. Forget the food, I'll do like cock fucking ratings. Cock oh, <laughs> ratios. John, you happy with that? <laughs> so, Paul, can you forward it to John? Your, your cock's a 4.2. <laughs> 
today, it's not extreme. It's like today I had a kebab at Rafi's. It was a 9.7, <laughs> and I got a but dick pic from a Nazaria. That's about a 3.2. I mean, I can work. We can, we can do this. Bring on. Yeah, I'm open to dick pics. Send them. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what else we get got? To, get to call the meet. All right. <laughs> There's uh, a lot well, of comments more Okay, we'll get to the comments yeah. and stuff. Uh, Bites, go ahead and unmute yourself and uh, shoot, your, shoot your question. Must be a bright question. Baitar, go ahead. You're like, fuck, it's me. I'm in. I'm in. I'm there in. There you go. He's <laughs> like, like flapping. Paddy Luis. Paddy. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me turn her up. Go ahead. Go ahead, Baitar. Can you hear me now? We, we can, can hear, hear you hear now. You. Okay. Hi, Emil. Hi. Um, I was wondering, because I'm, I'm stuck in the Midwest. Um, I saw that on your um, Instagram story that you're applying to go to Chicago. Yep. Um. When do you anticipate that being? Oh, the thing is that we're, we're still working. We've got we're putting a team together. We've got a team of other people. We're working out dates and where and locations. So we need to secure venues. Soon as I know, and this is a, this is the message of everything. Sixty percent of my days taken up right now answering questions like when you come into this city, when you're going to be here. Okay. Soon as we know, trust me on social media, I will be announcing it. There you okay, go. As soon like as we know. In Chicago, I'm just saying. Is Chicago good? Okay. Do you yeah, want to know when the wise nuts are going to Chicago? Yeah, Baitar. Do you ever wonder when Arno, Armand, and Edgar no are going to show up to Chicago? No one cares. When I don't care come. about the wise nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, knew, I followed Emin before I ever followed you, Arno. I'm just saying. Yeah, see. Uh, and he responded to loyalty. That's loyalty you know, there, guys. He had thousands and thousands of followers. So. I, I, the thing is, when it comes to social media, and this is a massive thing I'm passionate about, is that... A lot of people that are around me go, why do you... I, I sit on my phone. I'm normally on my phone. I'm having withdrawal symptoms, not being on my phone, like reading my messages. And people go to me, why do you reply to people? I go, and it's like, it's not being disrespect, but everyone is a potential customer. Everyone is a, a person that you can interact with. Yeah. Someone who's going to watch the film. So in the sense that when someone sends me a message, do you mean I try to reply to them? And well, there you go. You also get your weirdos out there who just want to like talk about Send random shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but yeah, no, 100%. I try to reply to as many people as I can because... If you don't interact with your audience, why would yeah. they fucking follow yeah. you? Why would you be interested if that person doesn't do Absolutely so, right. So we, I to, try to yeah. do my best, but then there is sometimes when you even at our level we interact with our. You have to yeah. interact because why would <laughs> even at our level? I love the way no, you need to interact with them, and it's because these are and it sounds bad using the word customers. They're not customers. These are yeah. your your people that support your work. Clients. You need to, yeah, you need to interact with them, and I totally. Thank I, you for your question, Baitar. And I'll see you in Chicago. Edgar Akopian says there was a shooting in Octavre. Yes, I heard about it too. Yeah. What, what and the Russians it? confirmed that. Where, where was it? On the Artak border. Mm, interesting. I heard about it a couple of days. Did you? Yesterday. Hold on. Send us an article. Send oh, us a link. Send us something he, that's actually... Is he talking about the soldier that died a few days ago on the, on the border? I have no idea. Possibly. Edgar, is that what Edgar, you're talking about? please send us comment. some type of... Uh, no, but what I would like to say as Reference. well is massively this project and this project is massive for me as in a documentary and this project wouldn't be where it was where it is now if it wasn't supportive of the diasporans. The diasporans have been massively supporting our, our documentary financially and not in that just sharing, connecting with things. So yeah, I would like to say a massive thank you to all the diasporans and people from Armenia and people from outside who have supported our project um, because we wouldn't be here to Right. Yeah. I wouldn't be here now if it wasn't for them. We should also mention Osco. Who's yeah, totally. Oh, Osco. Yeah, yeah. Big shout out to yeah, Osco. Osco sure. Kopian. Yeah, he's sat in business class if you're listening to he's actually yeah, just commenting on. right now. Bro, is he commenting? Is and he? he's been on. He was on the show in like two, two, three months. Ago, was, was it? It was. It was right when you guys the documentary had began yeah, and yeah. Uh, 
the whole song the Solomon is, was started. Uh, uh, this is me, uh, Oscar. Uh, Oscar reached out to me like earlier in the year, going, "He wants to work with me." Um, and to begin with, with the film, I don't want any Armenians involved. I want to be totally neutral, non-Armenians involved. And then I didn't really know about much about the like saying about the Armenians. And I got to the stage where like we need to be neutral. We can't have any Armenians involved. It would yeah. just ruin the credibility of the film. And then I realised about the Azeris and Turks, and and then I, I flashbacks to when I was in Kurdistan. It's like they'll call it out anyway, no matter who's involved in this documentary. <laughs> Even if it was the BBC, all Brits, for example, they'll still call it out. And then Oscar reached out to me and goes, "I want to work with you. I'm very passionate about it." And it was like the best decision I made. I mean, me and him are great mates. We get on really well. He's passionate about the project. He's a great, generous guy. He, do you mean he believes in this film, and it's that's why yeah. me and him get on really well. And he's got a good sense of humor. That's what I like about him. Oh no, he's got an amazing. Sense he's short. Of humor. It's, it's funny. He's very short, but he's got a good sense of humor. <laughs> well, he <laughs> makes you look taller. It does. Yeah, it's yeah, good. Just give a moment. We were in a group chat, chit chatting, and Oscar was saying, "You know, sorry, I can't make it. I got to, I got to board yeah. a plane to, going back to head, out, head out to Armenia." Is and he flying business class? He's business class, bro. <laughs> bro, you should see the Oscar's clarity Mr. Hollywood. Bro, Mr. He Hollywood. He sends a photo. Like, you know when you like you want to send a photo, you're flying somewhere? You'll send the wing, right? <laughs> Oscar sends the fucking shrimp platter and all this so shit in front of him. The whole lobster. Like, yeah. the whole... Stepan's was platter that? was pretty impressive, too, Stepan's was as well. He had different types of what, cheeses. What, and what He was Air France. Air France. Air France. Air France. Oh. Never go front. But no yeah. The French. I got to stop flying Sprint. <laughs> Spirit. <laughs> Spirit. 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 Bro. Spirit. <laughs> it's such a... We know you haven't been on that airline. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, we've we done three screenings in Eurovan um, a couple of weeks ago now, so yeah. we trialed it in... How did that go? Here. Brilliant. Amazing. And then... Um, as Oscar was like, I can't make it, mate. Do you mean you crack on without me? Make it happen. I was like, yeah, cool. Don't worry about it. Um, Surprise. And then what we done, the hard drives flew in. So we got a studio. So we edited in Armenia, but the studio that we used to like find touches here in LA. Um, so the hard drive got sent over. So the hard drive was with me. I got a hard drive. And then we tried it on the thing and it was having issues technically because Armenia's a bit backwards on their like cinema stuff. So... It, Oscar was like, I'm sending another one over. Where are you, mate? We've got someone there to pick up from you. I'm like, I'm in this restaurant. He goes, I'm in this hotel. I go, it's next door to me. I'll go pick up. He goes, she's a big fan of yours. Go meet her. Do you mean take a photo with her? And I was like, a bit suspicious me going to a girl, like the hotel room, we have a girl to meet. I'm like, is this like, is this like some kind of strange present that like, I'm going to be like, uh. so I left, I left the dinner table, knocked on the door. And I was like, this is, if this is one of Oscar's like weird, like fucking, Surprises is gonna like she throw me out. You in. Did, you, did you shower at least? <laughs> no, I just uh, <laughs> <laughs> take a quick bath. <laughs> so I was like, ah, I knock on the door, open, and um, he's like, Yeah, she's one of your biggest fans. So I open the door, and then he stood there, he surprised me, he flew over to like, go, <laughs> ah, right, nice. Here I am. So we've done the premiere, like, yeah. not the premiere, but the screenings in um, Neurovan, and the audience in Neurovan was brilliant. Do you know what I mean, we've done three nights of it, um, and all you can hear throughout. And, with the documentary, it's not we haven't ed- I haven't directed and edited it for people like a cheap la- um, not cheap but a cheap cry people to go, <sniffs> but all the way through the whole documentary, people you can hear them in the crowd just going <sniffs> because it's a roller coaster of emotion because it's honest, real people, it's Armenian people telling the story yeah. on what's happened, and it's we take them on this journey for ninety eight minutes, and then um, yeah, the feedback from the, the film was brilliant. I mean, with the music and everything else, and it's it's honest. And there's, it's no bullshit. There's no, like we were saying earlier, there's no politicians. There's no, like, generals and everything. It's just real people telling their story and what happened there. And um, and that's why, the like, the hate from this documentary stopped because people have watched it and gone, 
Do you know I mean we've it's seen this? Deal. This yeah. is, is this it, is legit. Even people from the government were there. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs were there. Do you know I mean there's so many people like Pashian sent his men there? Oh, probably that's to a waste of a position. <laughs> <laughs> and people have gone. Sorry. This, and people have gone and they're going. Do you know I mean this is this is proud? This makes our so country. He, we're proud of our country uh, again. Uh, watching pa- this, Pashinian didn't show up. No. Okay. Oh, he, he, was he never showed. Where's he going to show up in public? Yeah, he's playing. Golf. He's never going to go out in public. Playing golf. Not anymore. No. He only used the public to yeah. get his suit. That's uh, it. Uh, Joseph, you, you'll get the questions there. But any, oh. any anybody who's on uh, Clubhouse right now, if you want to ask a question, I have you guys basically muted all the way down on our end. So flash your mics if you want to say something, and then I'll 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 bring you up, and then we'll we'll chit chat. So Joseph had a quick question. Have you ever met Ross Kemp? He does some great. Ross documents. Kemp, yeah. So. Um, when I was um, doing my first documentary, so yeah, I never met Ross Kemp in the military kind of thing. He's obviously a brilliant, he's brilliant. Do you know Ross Kemp? No. No. So Ross Kemp, he was in the, he's an actor mm-hmm. in the UK. He was in a, in a soap TV series called um, EastEnders. Heard of EastEnders? No. no, 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 no. Where the fuck are you guys been living? We, li- we watch General Hospital and uh, Days of Our oh, Lives. So EastEnders is like a massive soap And in America's the UK. Got Talent. Yeah, fuck that that's shit. America's really got no talent. <laughs> 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 well, Brit- Britain's got <laughs> talent. <laughs> Simon Gow. Um, yeah, so he's an actor, and then he moved into documentaries. He's done Ross Kemp on Gangs, where he'll go in like with things. He's then start doing the war zones and stuff. So he's brilliant at what he does. Um, but yeah, we were doing a documentary uh, when I was following the guys going to Iraq and Syria to go fight. And his company contacted us and go, the guy that, one of the guys you're filming is one of our guys. Why are you filming with him? I was like, I didn't know you owned this guy. Kind of you this guy. Like, they're like, well, Ruskin wants to do a documentary, so why are you filming with this guy? I was like, because the guy's talking to me, he likes me. So, um, yeah, I've never ever physically met Ross Kemp, but I love his work, I nice. respect his work. He, he's a brilliant documentary filmmaker, um, but he's getting a bit old now, so let's fuck Ross Kemp off and get me in there. <laughs> I mean, he's got, he's got, he's got a contract with Sky TV, so yeah, time for Ross there to go. Um, Matavos. I'm gonna not. A, I see you flashing your mic. Uh, Matavos was before you, so Matt. Uh, Matt, uh, Matavos is Armenian for basically. Matt. Oh, is that for Matt? Uh, for Matt, basically. This is a tall I, Armenian. I only, I only found out yesterday that Gavro stand like means George. George. Yes, I didn't know yes. that. And Why then uh, and Hakop is Jack. What the fuck? Just use the English terms. Don't Come ask on. questions when it comes to Armenian. It's like bro. saying it's like saying Richard is Dick. Yeah, Dicky, Dicky, or, or William. <laughs> William is Bill. Yeah. Where the fuck did you get William? Bill? Bill? Where the fuck? Yeah. But uh, uh, Matt, Matavos, John. Hi, Matt. Matt, hey, six eight, by the way. Yeah, six eight. Yeah, good, brother. How are you? Good, buddies. Okay, so Emil, first and foremost, I have a serious question, but comment first. The British wore red coats not because you guys are dignified. Oi! Oi! For morale reasons. Oh! Wow! this is fighting talk, mate. This is fighting talk. Are you uh, Armenian? He's definitely. Yes, sir. So what are you on about? Like that? You went Armenians weren't even here then. He knows the truth. He knows the truth. You know the truth, Amazon. The truth. There you go. So anyway, buddy, here's my question. What, in your opinion, you're a very knowledgeable politically and obviously militarily. What can we do or what could Artsakh do? I know I obviously, you know, they have to have their own. Sorry, Ed, John, but I think, uh, you know, Emil is right about this. Artsakh has to claim its own independence. Totally. If not, it'll look like Armenia is trying to take over Azerbaijani land instead of the indigenous people. 100% termination. So it's one of those things where they, uh, our tough seas have to 
politically for themselves and we as Armenians, I think that's our only route, but it's politically, uh, you know, harassing, not harassing, but bothering your local congressmen and senators to be like, hey, recognize this, this is an indigenous Christian ancient yeah. population. Get to the point, uh, Matt, here. You know, and uh, I need the bathroom. You know, the entire, especially now with the Taliban uh, having U.S. weapons and Azerbaijan and Turkey and Turkey gleefully wanting to open up airports and you know they're doing that because they want to uh have free access to more syrian type rebels anyways that's not my sorry that's you know, you're, you're digressing here you're digressing you getting to the question getting to the fucking point bro <laughs> sorry, sorry. that's not my point or question i'm gonna get to it in half an hour <laughs> your voice matches your height by the way <laughs> thank you so much uh uh anyways very uh i i aspire to be like armon this is actually my fake book. come on man come on <laughs> man, man i'm gonna mute you if you don't get to the point my question is this what can we do what's what's your thing of the arts of gaining independence they're militarily i don't think but what do you what's your uh, suggestions or what what do you what's your ideas on how we can get arts off back right. personally thank you brother Myself. Thank you, brother. Cheers, mate. Yeah, I personally don't think they will have their independence while the Russians are there. I think it'd be very hard. I think there'd be too many issues with the Azeris, <laughs> the Turks, and also the Russians to allow them to have their independence. I think very much minimum for the next five years, people are just going to be suppressed people living under Armenia, um, sorry, under the Russian control. The fact is, I haven't been to Arctic since March. I'm not allowed in there anymore. Anyone with a foreign passport can't go there anymore. Why? Because the Russians went allow you. So the war is over. Basically, they just kick you out. So what That's part of Russia now, bro. They've, they've starved us out. And even within three weeks of the war ending, if you drove in down through the Latin corridor, driving into Stepanica, is there would be on one side of the road, there'd be flags of Armenia, and the other side would be the flags of Artsakh. Within three weeks, that changed to the flag of Artsakh and the Russian flag. Even though people have been following me on social media have probably seen that as you drive down the road into Stepanica, there's a big massive picture of Putin. And he's up very quickly. They took control. You're shitting me, bro. No, a it, picture of Putin in Artsakh? Massive picture of Putin saying man of the year. Let, you guys really <laughs> think Artsakh is going to become its own No, I don't, I don't, I don't no, think no, it's, it's done. Are there. No, damage is done already. Why do you guys think Edgar was saying No, no, no. Saying, saying they think is saying that's, that, that's what people want to happen. If it happens, it happens there. So, yeah, I, I, I personally, as a, as a British kebab, kebab lover, hookah smoker, whiskey drinker, don't have the answers to that question. I, I really don't know <coughs> how they can get that independence. And I think that's, that's an issue that maybe needs it's to be lobbied the, uh, in the U.S. I think, I, th- I, I think the damage is done. Today, today what's on the table is are we going to stay with this uh, ceasefire or are we signing documents to end this war? That country cannot move forward in any economic development when you have a war hanging on your back. So if you want Armenia to move up in That's any tough. other economic development, they Sorry. have to have something that... We have to emulate concrete. North Korea. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, we can laugh nuke about up, it. Nuke we, up, baby. Nuke up. 100%. <laughs> Tell me one other country that has nukes that's been attacked bro, as we a don't, sovereign country. Man, we don't have North a Korea fucking air nukes. force, bro. North Korea doesn't have nukes. Who said so? I know that they, they don't have nuke. They're trying to make I a nuclear capacity. You, if they didn't, South <coughs> Korea, with the help of the but US, even if would they, have. They're trying. North Korea's trying, trying to get. Even if they program. did, well, you don't think that look they're, nuke, they're using, you don't have to use nukes. You just gotta have them for protection. <laughs> it's the best <laughs> no, defense. No, man, it's not protection anymore. What country Hold gets on. attacked when they have nukes? Tell me one. Armenia, do you have, why, why you have would, Turks sitting in your okay, who's sovereign attack, lands today? You can't do shit who's about gonna it. Who's going to attack North Korea? 
And America? for what purpose? For yeah. what? For what? And for what? What do we, we what love? We spreading g- democracy, don't we? We're just <laughs> spreading democracy everywhere. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Bro. You America. haven't seen what we did. Oh, Fuck I, yeah! Let me tell you something. <laughs> Didn't you see what we Mark spread in Af- Afghanistan? Mark Iraq. my words. Mark my words. How did we get into Afghanistan? Uh, weapons of mass destruction. No, 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 that's a rock. No. That's your right. 9/11 was 9/11 Afghanistan. was Afghanistan. So, yeah, so, right. so we're gonna use we're gonna use the nukes if we ever. The reason why we keep on bringing up oh they're developing nukes they're developing nukes same as Iranians. If, if we ever need exactly if we ever need to get into Iran or North Korea, what what excuse are we gonna use? They have nukes. Yeah, we're not gonna say oh they have their own Instagram. We need to go there and take control. <laughs> 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 it's gonna be they're developing nukes. And that's exactly that's the reason why we keep on bringing it up every six to twelve months. Bro, they were saying they were they were saying Iraq has like nuclear weapons and stuff. They went in there, they fucking bombed the they, shit out of Baghdad and everything. They didn't find anything. They they found four slingshots and <laughs> and an AR fifteen from like. You guys forget all those nice cars Saddam had. Bro, <laughs> we're talking about nuclear weapons. We're talking about nuclear weapons here. We had we had somebody ask another question earlier about. What was the the scariest situation that you were yeah, a lot of faced people, with? A lot of people ask me this, like about what's your scariest situation. I, I don't. I wouldn't say I'm immune to it, but being a Royal Marine Commando, do you mean I, I'm very? We we've done a lot of war fighting in Afghanistan and Iraq. So war, I'm used to. I'm, I'm used to war. I don't, I'm saying I never got scared. You get apprehensive, you get nervous, but you control it. It's about control. Yeah. So I think when it's, when, I think when I was there, and that's like the worst thing was the unknown. I actually felt like the guys I was fighting for years, like I felt like a Taliban being in outside because we controlled the skies. We always controlled the skies, and we could drop bombs on people from long distance. And then when I was with the Armenians, I felt like fuck. Yeah. People are gonna drop a bomb. You were the prey. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a good way to but explain yeah, it. Yeah, that was ballsy. The hunter you, becomes man. the prey. Yeah. Know, knowing that there was drones drop, like, like, just dropping left and right, left yeah. and right. And uh, what were that like the Japanese kamikazes yeah, back yeah. in the back and in the day the, where the drones. they take one one tank and gas, they're they're headed yeah, to yeah. they're going for you. They're going and, for you. And that's the thing when you're driving around outside <coughs> during the war is that I got to the stage that every time I got in a car on the roads. It was like, you're taking your life in your own hands here because you don't know if that car's going to get there. And it was, I was like, I need to get to that place. I'm here, I need to do it. So that, I wouldn't say it's bravery. I'll say it's more, not stupidity. It's just a calculated decision to go, what time of day is this? And what's going on in that area? And then when we're driving along the road, you see like a convoy of military trucks and you're like, fuck, let's not get no, let's sit back. Yeah, let's sit back from them. And then when we got clear, Passage to get past them, let's zoom past them as quick as we can yeah. because if that drone's coming in, it's coming in. Um, and yeah, so it does. You felt like, like I was saying, I felt like how the Taliban must have felt. I saw it on the receiving end, yeah. so I've always been on the, the winner side and then seeing it and, and feeling it and going, any moment this bomb could drop. And even in the documentary, we've got it. I'm filming on my phone and um, we, I was with two Serbian journalists going from the press office. We, we were out near the front line coming back to the press office in Stepanica and the guy who was like the fixer who was helping me out he phoned me and goes Emil there's drones in the sky now take cover I'm like I'm on the bus he goes when you get the press center just stay in the press center uh, so I got the press center and it went quiet and I was with two Serbian guys who just turned up and I was like right we need to go back to the hotel we're staying in because journalists stay in the hotels it's a fucking war zone and they're charging me $80, 90 a night to stay in the hotel oh, there's no man. food and everything and I'm on the top floor 
I'm like, what the fuck am I paying this money for? You're robbing me. And I was like, service was shit. No one, like, there's no house cleaning. No what nothing. service? You're in the middle wow. of work. People had Wi-Fi. That's why we stayed there because they had the Wi-Fi. Only reason why. The only reason. Fucking so we're there. We're going back to the, from the press center, and we showed us in the documentary. We were going back there, and we can hear a drone circulating. And I'm looking for these two like retard guys who haven't got a clue what they're doing. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm very like, even though I'm a journalist, I'm still very like savvy in what's going on. So walking down the road, you hear it. It's like, come on, move, 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 keep moving, keep moving. And you just hear the drone dropping. We're like, take cover, get down. Nothing explodes. So I think it was a drone was circulating, and it came in to do an attack. Then realised it's just three guys, and like, yeah, levelled off. Oh, um, it's not worth it. It's not worth the attack. Fucking hell. So we're like, man. right, let's move. Let's get back to the hotel. Whoa. And then we get back to the hotel, and it coming under hunt. The whole area is coming under constant bombardment. Yeah. So we go sit in the basement and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's you never know. When it comes to something in the sky, you never know when you're going to get hit. Yeah. It's a chance you take. This is my job. This is what I do for a living. And then people going, oh, you're making money off the back of the soldiers or like making this film. It's like, this is my job. If I didn't do this job, who's going to else tell the story? No one else wants to tell this so story. So those same people that say that to you, why don't you tell them to go out there and make it themselves? Yeah, but they're, they're just idiots. They're just, the fact yeah. like, yeah. oh, you you're making money. Be. It's like, well, have you been... Obviously, uh, you made money. Yeah, no, I mean, we've made no money yet. You will. Yeah, hopefully, of course, because any money I earn from this, I'll put into my next project. Of course, this, yeah. this is what I do. This is my job. That's your job. And not that is, I, I have a son who's a thir- I've got a 13 year old son. I've been working on this project 10 months, coming on 11 months now. Well, no, no nearly 12 months coming, 11 months now. Um, I haven't been paid for like, that period of time. Of course, I need to pay. You've been day. missing time yeah. with your son, too. Yeah, I'm missing. I, I've sacri- this whole project, I've sacrificed being with my son who's growing up. Do you mean I like missing him today, kind of thing? And he's like, when you're coming home. So I'm that passionate about this project that people go, Oh, you're trying to earn money from dead soldiers. You do this. I was like, No, I'm telling a story. I'm making documentaries of what I do. It's this fucking job, man. Yeah, but it's the thing is, I say to these people, I go, Have you not worked for the last 10 months? Of course I've been worked. I go, well, That's what you've done. You've gone to fucking work. This is my work. I've done gone to work and I've taken the second. Have people, have people reached out to you and said, Oh, donate all your earnings to Armenia? 100%. People think that. See, I, I don't agree with that. 45 days, the project, we've helped so many people along this journey. We've we've funded like schools, we've helped families, we've given money to soldiers, we've put a soldier through therapy that was a soldier I met in Artsakh. During the war, he shot down a helicopter. So I met him there during Artsakh, um, during the war, and he got given two days leave to go to Europe yeah. because he shot down a, a Zeri helicopter. He's proud as fuck, this guy was. <laughs> and then, anyway, so I was on Northern Avenue in, in Yerevan. This is about two months ago. And it was like two o'clock in the morning, got out of a taxi and there's a busker playing. There was a soldier dancing in front of him. And I walked up to him and I was like, I recognise this guy. Where's this guy from? So I go through all my phone, my pictures on my phone. And my mate um, was stood next to me, he talks Armenian. I was like, Gavro, this is the guy I met in Artsakh. He goes, you reckon? I was like, yeah, look at him. He goes, nah, mate, do you know what I mean? He looks, he looks shit here now. Well, that's not the same guy. So I showed him a picture. I go, do you recognise me? And this guy, he's drunk out his fucking head. And he's like, ah... British man, British English. I was like, yeah. So anyway, this soldier, he come back from the war. He his girlfriend left him. He became homeless, still in his uniform. This is like months after the war. Wow. Still in his uniform, stinking like fucking shit. And I'm like, and I was chatting to my mate Gavin. I was like, what's his story? He goes, his girlfriend left him. He's homeless now. He's now turned to alcohol. We're like, right, we're gonna get him a hotel for the night. Get him a hotel for the night. Put him in a hotel. Go get showered. Two days later, we took him out shopping to go buy clothes, civilian clothing and everything. So he'll get out of uniform. Get out of uniform because the psychological effect of him Fuck, being in uniform, he's man. living that moment. We then done that. We then <clears throat> spoke to a therapist 
from LA that were out there helping his soldiers and go, right, we're going to put him through like a rehab center to get him off the alcohol and everything else. And then this is the thing, it's like the 45 day project. A lot of people go, oh, you're, do, you're just trying to make a documentary. And it's like, no, we've helped so many people on this journey. And we don't shout about it, but that's what we've done because I'm a former yeah. soldier, so I see these guys. And, and this is the thing is, Armenia are really poor with mental health, very poor. And there's the diaspora that go in there trying to spread their mental health awareness. That it's we like, have the same yeah. issue in the, in, yeah. in the diaspora yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. We don't um, really ask, I mean, we don't it, ask for help. Believe it or not, there's probably 90%, if not more, that support and uh, everything that you're doing. Oh, I appreciate and, it. And I say that because I know. I know the messages I've been getting since they find that, uh, a lot of people found out you're coming on the show. So that... Five ten percent is just bull, yeah, you know no. that's bullshit. Don't worry about noise. It. Don't worry about that. And this because what, but this what you I have a hundred percent of support from here. No, I'll no, tell no, you I get that. that but what I say is though, it, it's human psychology. Is that none of us got like any decent hair? You guys probably had a hair job, haven't you? You had a hair job somewhat. We're salvaging whatever so, we, we could salvage. Face the things though, like imagine all like, original. Yeah, this is <laughs> my hair. Is you my go out, you drink, you dress yourself up, you put your best aftershave on, you go out and you think you look in the mirror and go, "I'm looking good tonight." Yeah, you go out and ninety nine people come up to you and go, "You're looking good at me." I'm like, yeah, I know. And then <laughs> some one person comes up and goes, you look really tired. What's the fuck is going on? <laughs> you forget the 99 yeah. people. You yeah. just focus on that one person, Negative. don't you? Negative. It's like, uh, it's like uh, Bob the Builder. What do you uh, mean, Bob? Have you heard, have you heard the of story of Bob, Bob the, build, uh, the build, Bridge I'm, Builder? I know so the there was, there was a guy that, his name was Bob the Builder. Mm. He would go around building bridges everywhere, building buildings everywhere. Everybody knew him as Bob the Builder. Bob the Builder sucked one dick. In the city. <laughs> and everybody basically knew him as Bob the Dick Sucker after that. So this is that's what the story is. Simple. Simple as that. And that's, that's uh, the issue we've got. Yeah. Narek, uh, go ahead and unmute yourself and uh, <laughs> shoot your shot. We're talking about gays, yeah, 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 yeah. What's yeah. going on here in America? Yeah, basically. We're going to have a good time afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. worry. It's the after <laughs> party. Part of the after it's the after party. party. Yeah. We're <laughs> preparing you for the after. Let's cut. Why do you think it was about the scotch, bro? Narek, go ahead, bro. The Japanese I think, uh, the whole idea of, well, I don't know if Mata is here or not, but basically the whole idea behind how Armenia can gain, or how Artsakh can become its own country, it, you would basically have to look at Kosovo. Uh, they set precedent with that. So Armenia would have to go through the same process that Kosovo went. My question is, though, um, as far as the footage, uh, who owns it? Is it, like, Emil, you own it? Like, I own it. Organization? I own it. You own it? It's my footage. Okay. Alright, I just wanted to know that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's, it's my footage. It's, our, it's mine and uh, Osco's, uh, the producer. That's is our project. So yeah, we don't we don't owe anything to anyone in, in that sense when it comes to footage because and we have got, obviously, there, are, there is footage in the documentary we've licensed, for example, um, where, like, for example, drone footage I couldn't film. We've had to license from other people that did actually film it. But yeah, it's all it's all ours. We we control all the rights to everything on our documentary. There you go, there you go, Narc. Uh, do you have we a question? A question. What YouTube? does a uh, scouser mean? I'll get to you, Va- Scouser. Sorry, sorry, Vaughn and Arno. I'll get back to you. Scouser. I'll get to you guys as well. Is that how you pronounce it? Scouser. A scouser. So a scouser is someone that lives in Liverpool. Goes, oh wait, man, he talks with a funny accent. That's really poor, like, scouser accent. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's someone from Liverpool is a scouser. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Someone and the thing with Liverpool, people from Liverpool is like it's a, it's a running joke, especially in the military. When I was in the military, is that you never trust someone from Liverpool, a scouser. Oh my! You were still from you, so it's like you're a scouser. Uh, you were still, man. See, when we were 
when we were in London, we were going to Liverpool, to a Liverpool game. They mm. said they said that they're like, don't trust anybody from Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it's just like one of them things. Like, yeah, they're just thieves. All right, it's not true. Most scouts are great guides <laughs> and great women, but yeah, don't leave um, your wallet or phone around. Sam had a question about uh, and a comment. Why you think UK was didn't get involved in this whole situation? Same reason the US didn't. Same reason any other country in the world didn't because. Artsakh on paper is Azerbaijan and a lot of Armenians don't like that hearing that but it's it's the facts and the reality of it because on paper it is Azerbaijan so there's nothing they can do that's fine saying, but where's Turkey's involvement as a NATO member so they're supporting their ally Azerbaijan so, but they wait they're NATO yeah they're a NATO so member NATO has no say no what they not. do um, no you've got article 5 which means when one NATO country is attacked all get attacked no one attacked Turkey. Azerbaijan was never in NATO. Ne- no, Azerbaijan's not NATO. So it's very, they're it's very an, cleverly It's an, it's an ally. It's yeah. Turkey. Turkey's part of NATO. Turkey's yeah. an ally. Azerbaijan is basically an ally of Turkey. It's, uh, bro, it, okay, it's, well, you think it's about, dirty okay, politics. The war in Libya. The war in Libya. Vaughn, I see was, you. Was, I see you, Vaughn. Oh, no, I see you guys. Wait. The war in Libya to get rid of Gaddafi was France and Britain mainly, yeah? Americans were there, mm. but they went directly. So the war there, that was NATO, two NATO countries. Was MI6 and CIA together working no, on No, but it's mainly the Brits and the French to get remove Assad, to remove Gaddafi. But the fact is, though, that's a NATO countries, but not every NATO country got involved there. Same as here with Turkey goes, well, this is a private agenda over here. Azerbaijan's gone to war with Ar- Ar- Armenia. We're supporters of them. We're going to support them. NATO's not going to get involved. It's, it's political. Geopolitics is dirty. Do you see why? Very um, dirty. Guys, uh, share, like, please. Yeah. Like and share. Guys, we're, uh, you want you want <coughs> this beautiful podcast to be heard by your friends, family. If so, share, like it, share, share it, it and them. subscribe. Because Amelia's there all the way from the UK. Um, I, I haven't seen any other Armenian that's created a documentary. So... Again, if anybody's and you're be, not going to get this same interview or this same conversation yeah, yeah. anywhere this, else, guys. I promise raw you. Conversation, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. But again, I I know we're going to say this probably a million times, but the wise nuts in our audience, we just want to from all the Armenians diaspora in Armenia, we just want to thank you for yeah, much appreciate taking the sacrifice that you've made, man. I mean, it's just and and my wife kept on telling me to. She, she's like, when I, before I was coming on the show, she's like. Make sure you let them know that we all love them. And yeah, but, but, but like I was saying earlier, this isn't my job. This is what I do for a living. Yeah, of course it is. But this but it's a passion of but love. But the as fact well that at the same people time. give you a hard time is just that pisses me off. Like, minority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How minority. much money are you making on this? How go much f- money are you sending to Armenia? Yeah, go fuck <laughs> yourself. Go fuck yourself. There, there was there was people that spread the rumors that uh, me and Oscar were getting paid by Azerbaijan for this documentary. Yeah. Are you like, fucking are you kidding fuck- me, bro? Where? And that person hey, Bill, I don't know about you, man, but I know Osco didn't take shit from those. Well, Osco doesn't need it. He took a bigger cut than me, actually. <laughs> 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 Who's paying for that <laughs> black, black 458? <laughs> I'm covering Syrian Osco over there. Okay, uh, let, me, let me bring Vaughn up. Vaughn, go ahead and unmute yourself. Otto, by the way, John was asking if you have Bob the Builder's phone number. <laughs> oh, John, John, yeah, yeah. John, when, when, well, we're, when we're. He does, because he was the guy that cut the that one guy that got <laughs> hey John I'm that one person baby uh, Vaughn go ahead and unmute yourself yeah yeah hello hello 
Yeah, first of all, that's, oh, that's a British accent. That's a British accent. Hold on, Vaughn, is that a real British accent? Number one. No, it's fake. I'm an imposter. But Good guy like, like me. Scousers, man. That's, <laughs> that's, you can't cross them lines. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. Uh, uh, in any case, yeah. So I wanted to just clarify one thing. So when you stated that um, as a, Artsakh is part of Azerbaijan per international law, that's actually incorrect. That's a common misconception because the borders of the Soviet Union weren't actually formalized properly and the Armenians actually voted uh, for their uh, right to self-determination uh, even during Soviet times. In any case, um, that's the reason why Kosovo was able to become an independent state and there are actually uh, UN statutes What's that support this. His name is Vaughn. So, Vaughn, explain to me then, so what is Aksak then? Before 2020, what was it recognized as? What nation was it recognized look, as? Look, 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 look. Um, there are arguments for both. No, 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 no. Answer no, no. the question. What, what, what national, what nation stated they Nagorno Karabakh, as we refer to it rather than Artsakh? What was it it's, it's in twenty twenty? It's Artsakh. It's, it's not. It's, a, it's an is independent it, it, state. It's an end. It's an independent. So not recognized state. state. So not a recognized state. Yeah, yeah, they voted well, for so, self-determination, well, but it wasn't well, a recognized well, state, was it? It's a double standard. Then it is a double standard. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not, I'm not the guy who makes the rules. I know, I'm not saying so you. So no, are. tell me, now in 2020, now on the 26th of September, 2020, what was Nagro Karabakh? What, na what nationality was it? What it's nation was been, it? It's always been ethnic Armenians. No, 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 we're not talking about ethnic. We're not talking about no, ethnic. No, 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 that's not what it's not me being pedantic here. We're just trying to like get to the established on, on it. What was it? So disputed yeah, so status. Like, again, that's why I said there's arguments for both sides. So it's, it remains disputed. So to say to say that it's recognised as a Zeri territory is, is probably an incorrect statement, in my opinion. Are you going to email Google in the morning? Are you going to eager? You're going to email every nationality, every country in the world, around the no, world no, that has no, recognised it as Azerbaijan. <sighs> But look, you, you stated that you wanted to remain, you remain neutral during this conflict, right? Which I have you done. this yourself, okay? But you're making a statement that, in my opinion, isn't neutral. But that's your opinion. That's your opinion. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. not my opinion. It, it's, it's, it's a dispute. Hold on, you said it. Hold on. 26th of September, 2020, what was Artsakh? Was Nagro Karabakh recognized as? There are UN statutes that support both Okay, no, no, no. No, no, no. What would, what would the UN recognize? Nagro Karabakh on the 26th of September 2020. Who the fuck is the UN? Uh, as I said, it's no, 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 but no, 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 no. Let's clarify this because a lot. Of, this is a bone of contention for a lot of people here. On the 26th of September, what was Nagro Karabakh recognised as? A disputed status. But, uh, disputed status by who? Who? who by who, Azerbaijan yeah. itself. By Azerbaijan itself. Send us over. You got my Instagram. Send me over the facts and the figures there, so we can look at that. And yeah, this is not. This is not me. Who's talking there? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Who, who's talking? That's who's talking? Hold on. Who's talking? talking? Uh, yeah, that's Hadid. Okay, uh, okay, Hadid, Hadid. You got it. I will. Okay, you guys, you're on a live podcast right now, and if you talk out of turn, I will send you down to the audience. No, let him chat. Let him chat. No, 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 no. You're on a live podcast. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna talk out of turn, I will send you down to the audience. Vaughn, we were talking to you. What was your last question to him? Yeah, sure. Um, some of the skepticism that you may have got, uh, I think, right, not not towards you, but uh, obviously people would be suspicious as a for former Royal Marine in a country that is very close to Turkey. I mean, we had... Uh, Mate, come on. Come on. Oh, come on. What were you come on. 
What are you on about? Britain, what are you... Britain requires tur Turkey's assistance in almost everything. Yeah, but what's that got to do with me as an individual that makes documentaries? No, no, I'm, not saying, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's against you. So I, I said not you, but I'm saying you can understand why individuals are kind of sceptical, right? Yeah. If you're a former Royal Marine yeah, going to Hadza, makes sense. and when... When, when BP has so much interest in the oil pipeline and then you have many um, individuals from um, the British military, former British military leaders that always talk about the Ganja Gap, for instance, mm -hmm. and the threat to BP's interest, you can you can understand why there would be a lot of people that are sceptical. But you can right? also but, understand that some people make films and some people are journalists and go out and tell of stories. Course, of course, So it's, it's quite course. easy to go, oh yeah, because you're in a place where there's a war going on, you got free from this nationality. You got to be up to something, and I totally understand when some people are um, talking about. It, but the fact is that that's just pure and simple ignorance, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. But that Britain, is just... Britain, even even if Artsakh was internationally recognised uh, as Armenian uh, territory, if it wasn't even disputed and it was solidly like recognised under proper statutes, right? Mm -hmm. um, I actually believe Britain would probably still take an anti-Armenian role because it has too many interests in Azerbaijan. No, it'd be easier um, to. Buy by the Armenian side. What are you talking about? I'm not talking about Emil. I'm saying Britain. As Britain a itself would have had an easier time buying all that from Armenia. What? So, how? What? 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 What do we? Armenia is desperate for money. Armenia is desperate for money. That's the reason why. It's simple no, no, stuff, no, no, no. but I think you're failing to understand what I'm saying because. Emil mentioned that uh, no country came to the aid of Armenia in the West, like Britain or US. And mm -hmm. he said it's because, you know, Artsakh isn't recognized as Armenian territory. And what I'm saying is, even if it was, I still have a hard yeah, but time that's your, Britain yeah, 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 but, yeah, but that's, that's just speculation. Opinion. That's your well, opinion. Yeah, sure, that's speculation. That's not fact. Yours is too, right? Because you're saying you're basically alluding to the fact that if if it was if it was recognized as armenian territory britain and the u.s would come to our aid no right? no no. i'm not saying that what i'm saying is the reason why they didn't but that's what you is because to. mate you're alluding to is once again in your opinion you're alluding to that i feel like you're alluding to this no what i'm simple as what i'm saying here is the fact is because it's a contested region and the fact is, Azerbaijan lay claim to it. And the fact is that under a lot of international recognition that Artsakh or Nagorno-Karabakh is recognized as Azerbaijan. That's why no one could turn up there and go, OK, we're coming to help you here because it is like a, an internal issue that's going on there. If it was a totally independent state, it would have been totally different then. Well, countries right, wouldn't right, have gone not, not, not only that... But, no, 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 you but, can't compare... But, I, don't, I don't think you can but, compare... But, but not only that, region. Armenia doesn't recognize Artsakh as its own... 100%, yes. Armenia does not recognize Artsakh as its own sovereign state. That yeah. that, that alone by itself is basically yeah, hang on, the... Hang on, hang on, hang by the way, Vaughn, that's an amazing name. Artsakhsis recognize their own independence, right? So when Kosovans... Um, basically wanted independence from Serbia, there was no problems there, right? And a few countries started coming along and recognizing their independence. Yeah. But when it's Armenia, and when you know when there's no BP interests in, in uh, Serbia or something like that, then obviously you won't have country... It's much easier for countries like Britain to come along and not have an issue with recognizing a state or not, yeah. right? Vaughn, thank you for the questions, bud. Thank you, Vaughn. Yeah, thank you, Vaughn. Appreciate it. Cheers, man. Cheers, brother. Interesting. Who's so, next? <coughs> uh, what do we got? What do we got on YouTube? I, we got a bunch of people flashing their mics. Uh, guys, uh, bear with us for a second. Let's get to YouTube really quickly as well. And we're out of whiskey now. Are we, are we out of whiskey? No, man, we're never out of whiskey. No, no, we got whiskey. Yeah. We got whiskey. We got whiskey. Yeah. We got whiskey. Yeah. We got whiskey. Yeah. Podcast ever. We've got well, we've got a couple of doubters still. 
What they Still? Come on. Yeah. Are you serious? Fucking Sam, eight. Sam thinks you're you're some type of an undercover. Sam. Azerbaijani. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, who'd you, where, where does Sam live? Sam, what are you smoking? I think Fresno, right? <laughs> Fresno. We're going to Fresno on the 19th. Yeah, turn up. Oh, for the, come for the on premiere? Watch, yeah, come on, watch the documentary in Fresno, Sam, and you can let us know afterwards if you still think. Um, these, these people, the conspiracy theorists, they're crazy. It's be, well. If you get co- back up with facts, I'm, I'm because, quite content because, with facts. Because BP is vested in. Who gives a fuck about PP? Well, how many stuff? Do you work for Chevron? Do you work for Chevron? Do you work for Chevron? I have four shares of Chevron. <laughs> <laughs> he works for Chevron. Then this is the reality of it. That people go, oh, because you're from a nation. There's like, what? What's the population of the United Kingdom? Like 68, 70 million. Yeah. It's like, what do I care about BP? BP's a private company. Yeah. What do I care about BP? Well. I guess everybody's See, vested somewhere. Here's a, the problem is this. He was a veteran. He served in Afghanistan. He served in Iraq. He's done right. serving. At this What's point, on? he has nothing to do with the military anymore. He went out there as a freelancer, press, mm-hmm. went out there and did a doc- and he's filming a documentary for work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's it sounds harsh saying it, but it is for work. Of course, it's for work. Uh, and basically, people are turning around saying, "Oh, he's a spy." He's this. It's like, bro, get off the conspiracy theory wagon and like get back to reality. He's he's basically doing this to make a living and pr- to bring awareness. Yeah, I I just I don't understand people who say, "Well, are you going to make money off of this?" Well, of course. Well, what is it? Are you going to fucking pay my? Yeah, bills? you can pay my mortgage. You can pay to feed my son. Yeah, yeah. and this is the thing. This is and uh, we, we, we're saying earlier is about the ignorance of it. Is that people go, why do you mean? Oh, we've lost soldiers and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, but you go to work every day of the week. I spent ten months of my life making this project. By the time I finished on the project, I mean, over no, yeah. there you go. I was going to say due to COVID, I wanted you to use your own fingers, but that <laughs> damn damage is done. It's I'm happy. Edgar's, exactly. Edgar's, Edgar's fingers COVID, are, are as clean as some of our viewers' minds. I should. I should stop. <laughs> I, I should stop drinking because I. I gotta. I gotta drive him home. No, but the thing is, like, like it's, it's too easy to go into spy. It's like fucking. If you got, if you think I'm a spy, and wherever you at, speak to the speak pass to the government, speak to the intelligence service, pass the information, the facts that you've got up to them, and let them do the investigation, yeah. not you with your fucking. Uh, do, your arms do we got anything? I'm gonna well, go. To, I'm gonna go to Sam. Sam, you're next. Sam, bear Sam, with me for a second. Sam, Sam, he if you follow him on Instagram, he posts one exactly second. Sam, where bear he's with gonna me. Be in Fresno, so you could go see him. Sam What's wants that? to come. Did see you talk you about Fresno. your branch oh, and shit? I actually got to go to Arno first before Someone Sam. Sorry. was asking about what Who? branch Arno and what first rank before were you? Sam. Arno was before Sam. Go military? Sorry. Were you going to someone? No, no, no. no, no. Go, go, go to Edgar first. Yeah, no, no, go no, to, no, we'll branch. go to Arno and then Sam. No, I was a Romarine Commando and I served in 4-5 Commando, then 4-2 Commando, then 40 Commando. So all the Commando units. So my rank, I left as a sergeant. So the way we do it in the British, our ranking system is very different to the Americans. Um, so yeah, I left as a sergeant. Which after, is closer to the Armenian rankings, I'm guessing. No, 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 we're near. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, 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 we're near it, bro. So yeah, <laughs> that, so like, I was like a commander in Afghanistan, um, multiple commander and stuff. So yeah, we, I had a good time. I love the military. Do you mean I had a great time? And then we we're busy. We we're very busy. And like we talk about Afghanistan, you were talking about Afghanistan yeah. earlier, and that is that. Being a warring commando, most of guys didn't go to Afghanistan for Queen and Country. We didn't do it for our own for our own like worth as such we went for a good old tear up with the Taliban and we had good fights with the Taliban so yeah people go a lot of people go to me how do you feel about Afghanistan now the Taliban taking over and I, and I say yeah, I've lost some good mates there a lot of my friends who were injured like physically and mentally there but we all knew the rules 
the rules were we went there for our six months deployments our tours yeah. and being a commando we are very active in like our missions and our operations Is commando fighters. like the uh, marines they we're are we're no, Marines, no, no, no. but no, we're, Marines. Special, yeah, yeah, we're Marines, but we're, we're a little bit higher than the US yeah. Marines and such. Yeah. We're the Green Berries. But the fact is that we knew what we were doing. We knew we were going out to fight. And every day you went out to do your missions and do your operations. And you're like, I might not come back today. And it's like, it's the game. And do you know what I mean? So yeah. now the Taliban have taken over of Afghanistan, majority of us knew it would always happen yeah. because we knew that we would never be there forever. But the UK came out in time. They put took their stuff out in time. The way America left was a yeah, fucking it, shit it, show. It was, it was a quick yeah. withdrawal. My, uh, a friend was of, not a withdrawal. A, a friend of mine who was part of the Marine Corps, hmm. he was in Afghanistan. The st- I mean, the st- I've told him a couple times to come on to the podcast. Unfortunately, he can't because he's, uh, he's part of law enforcement now. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he's contracted a certain way, but... I mean, the stories you hear as far as what was going on over there, I mean, it's... it's. It, if you... In certain areas of Afghanistan, if you want to go for a good old fight, you would have a good old fight with the Taliban. Oh, yeah, and man. They'd be like, we'd be listening to their radios in the evening and they'd be like, the Brits fought well today, let's not attack them tonight, let them have a sleep yeah. they fought well against us tonight. It was... But then it soon evolved from, like, doing fighting, like, hand-to-hand fighting in some places or close quarter to then the IEDs the roadside bombs that was then and I remember I was out one day in Sangin and Sangin was a very bloody place like a, a terrible place in Helmand province and we were there and then the American um, Marine Corps turned up and supported us because we didn't have enough manpower to be in that area it was, it was a lot of war fighting and I, I was out one day and I was chatting to like an elder and I was saying to them through the terms I go tell the Taliban they're pussies they don't want to come out and fight us. We go out, we go out every day to fight them, and they don't want to fight us toe to toe. Like tell them the pussies kind of thing. And he turned around. I go. He goes, "Why?" Like Finland He goes, "Why are they cowards or such?" I go, "Because you're putting IEDs everywhere. These IEDs are cowards. Like fighting. Do it rifle to rifle, hand to hand." And he goes, "Yeah, but every time you get into a fight with them, you call in the helicopters. Uh. You call in the fast jets." And he goes, "That is your way of being a coward." He goes, "They put IEDs. That's their equivalent, like." to your planes and, I, and actually that the penny dropped there and I was like yeah I get that actually yeah you're right we we talk about hand to hand like face to face but as soon as the tough get the shit gets going we call in the fast air yeah. has has anybody seen has the public seen the documentary yeah Eurovan so we screened Yerevan. three times in but Eurovan in three the, days right in the three US days, yeah. has it nobody no in the US only diaspora that were in Armenia at the time who right. um, okay. but so whoever, whoever was in Yerevan they have a sold out they have a sold out yeah, premiere yeah. in here yeah. at the Chinese oh, theater oh shit right? is, that, is that sold out yeah you've not got a ticket You're shit fucked. man you are mean and snooze, you lose, we man. You're like, oh, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. We don't have backstage passes. Oh, was, we, thought we, we thought we were getting <laughs> okay, our uh, passes, no, bro. We're done. Uh, no, hold on, hold on. Osco. <laughs> what the hell, Osco? Osco, sat in your business class. As soon, Wake up. Uh, hold on. As soon as, as soon as you're done having the caviar and butter, <laughs> we got to talk. The reason I asked that question is because for those that are commenting, saying, you know, you, you had a motive or you had, you're being financed by whoever. If you haven't seen the documentary, how the fuck do you know exactly. what the documentary is about? But this is what I'm saying, though. Since we screened in Eurovan, the comments have stopped. There's been no negativity. Yeah. Since oh, it's we been done. It. It's been done. It's because so many diasporans have seen it mainly, and the, a lot of the hate was from the diasporans that people have seen it and they've gone shit talk, and then people yeah. have gone from diaspora go, "Well, I've actually seen that documentary, yeah. and uh, you shouldn't be talk- shit right. talking about that." So I think Hollywood. We're doing it on Hollywood Boulevard, which is. Ex- over the top is massively over the top Chinese theatre Chinese theatre like brilliant location I went it, I, fl- I flew in on Monday last week 
And I said to Asko, Osko, I go, we're limited on time, man, because I'm very much a military man on timing. So I was like, we need to get this done, man. We need, by Thursday, we can sell out. And he's like, Emil, I don't think we can do, we can get everything ready. by. We can sell tickets by Thursday, but we won't be ready for the event. So it's not just a screen, it's an event we're doing. Right. It's like after Red event, carpet, after yeah, party, all this stuff. Yeah. And um, so I went, I walked into the Chinese theater, the first time I've ever been in, and I walked in there and I was like, Fuck me, this place is amazing. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. totally even they premiered it's like Indiana Jones there, like yeah. Star Wars there, and um the Wiseness premiered there too. The Wiseness, did they? <laughs> they in there? You, you didn't know about that, that did you? Come along in there. There's better seats. We get you in. If some people don't turn up. You're in. And uh, I walked in there. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I was like, let's not rush this. Let's not do it. And the reason why, and it, it, our whole tour we're doing across America is costing us a lot of money to like to do these screenings coming and also we're selling tickets of course and we need to make a profit we're also supporting a lot of charities with the money as well so like, do you know what I mean it's just the way it is the reason I wanted to do it in Hollywood and Osco goes we need to go over the top on this we need to go over the top not for Armenians for non-Armenians because we we share on social media we tell people there yeah. that this documentary about this war from a human perspective an Armenian perspective is shown in Hollywood Hollywood Boulevard they're non-Armenians people I know go wow this documentary I've never, like, I know about, I've heard about a few times. Um, why is it on Hollywood? Yeah. Why is it in Hollywood? So non-Armenians go, later down the line, six months, seven months down the line, we'll go, that was, the, that was premiered in Hollywood. It's, it's to bring awareness. Awareness that's, to non-Armenians. That's, that's the that's key word there is awareness. 100%. That, that, basically, that's it. it. Keyword, awareness. Yeah. And that's why we're like going to Vegas. We're going to do a big deal in Vegas. There we're going go. to a lot of other places. What you got? Uh, do we got anything before I go to Arno? Well, there was a comment when we first started the show, and uh, she mentioned there's hidden messages in the documentary. And and we'll, we'll listen to this. And Conspiracies. And, I like this. And, Go on. And Osco asked her. Osco, Osco said. What's her name first? Um, if it's a, per- it was, a particular it, person. It was two she, hours ago, so I'm, I can't. Oh, a particular per- we, 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 the thing is though the thing is though I'm, I'm not famous I'm not a celebrity or anything else but because this is gr- growing in like status you get some fucking weird people yeah. out there that like that, they're trolls they're per- they just troll you all the time they come out with these dude they're things. paranoid they're people looking for conspiracy but bullshit that's the thing Osco that's what I love to love the name Osco, Osco, Osco typed it Osco yeah. asked in the beginning have you seen the documentary she okay. goes no then he goes how do you know there's a message I think she's talking about your previous work maybe <laughs> it, look again <laughs> no fucking oh, on, if man. you haven't seen this is this goes to everybody if you haven't seen the documentary I mean how many of you have actually purchased the tickets to go see the documentary you know, it, it just, I, I, I don't like being critical or cr- we're going to pay you a million bucks, leave your family, go to Artsakh, film the war, document it. When you come back, we'll give you another $5 million. I'd say, fuck you. I don't have time for that. I've done it for nothing. Yeah. So that's why to me, no, no. And, 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 I'm, and I'm not saying this because you're on the show. Everybody knows. I don't care who the guest is. If, if I have issue, I'll tell him, go fuck yourself. To me, it doesn't matter. But. That the bottom line is, I I personally am not willing to do that. If you are, then do it. If you're not, just shut, shut the fuck up. up. Yeah, bro. I, that's what I don't understand. It's like we have do to, it. and and I understand criticism is great. It's still publicity. It's great. Yeah, publicity. Yeah. Oh, but not only that. Look but at it this. Go way. see the documentary first. Okay. Because I have no idea what's in the they documentary. Haven't, okay, look at it this way. I they have, they haven't even seen the documentary. We well, haven't we seen the documentary. We were invited we've, to we've the premiere. We've heard of it. We've seen the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm not taking you to my famous kebab place. Fuck. You're you, invited. You fucked up. <laughs> I was ho- we were hoping to go get hookah and kebab and stuff this week, bro. But look, look at this way. Emil did this on a sh- on basically on a fucking he basically took a handful of darts and just threw it at a fucking board and said, yeah, yeah. if it sticks, it sticks. If it doesn't, it doesn't. He, there was no intentions of him expecting X amount of dollars. As in like what you just said, here's a million dollars. And then when you come back, here's another five. I still won't do it. (laughs) And you still won't do it. His was basically, all right, here's a project. I'm an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Let's see. Let's see what we could get out of it. Well, and again, no disrespect to it. And if anybody does say, oh, he's doing it for the money, go fuck yourself. You know what? He's doing it for a fucking living. Yeah. Even Naro, the fact that you're saying he's, Trying to take advantage of this whole Armenian Artsakh war. Come on, bro. Come on, you're, man. You're, you're smarter than that. Stop making stupid comments. If he was Armenian, I would, that would be a different story. But, bro, the guy is... He's an ex-Marine. He's done... And he's he's done documentaries on different wars. Yeah, yeah. So, this is something where you should be like, you know what? Instead of saying, oh, he's doing good for the money. Emil, thank you for doing no, what no, you're doing. No, no, but the thing is, though, anything I earn from this documentary will go into my next project. And that and that's the reality of it. People go... Bro, it's, 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 it's like... Emil, you don't even have to explain yourself. Business. Business. You don't even have to explain yeah, no, yourself. No, but it does get annoying when people go Fuck on about it. it. It's like, and do you know what I mean? It's like... These, do, you, do you understand that they're the minority? Of course they are. Right? Of course they are. Okay. But they're not the guys who, like... Like the premier... On the main... Like we had in Eurovan... If you watch when you watch the film, there's a, a father. He's a he's a dentist by trade. He went to go find his son on the front line. Can't wait to be he went at to, the premiere though. He he, he he went to the front line to find his son. You're not coming to the premiere. <laughs> no tickets left. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to the front line to meet his son, and then his son dies. Yeah, and he's giving oh. me an interview. In the audience on the premiere we had in Yerevan, there were so many soldiers. I, so many of the soldiers support what we're doing. Yeah, and there's some douchebag who lives in. I was going to say Glendale, but we're going to we're going to use Glendale as an example. Say LA, LA, someone in LA. Don't like I, I them. But anyway, so yeah, someone goes, oh yeah, but you're making the money off the soldiers. Like the soldiers support us. Every time I see the soldiers, they hug me. Do you know what I mean they say thank you, shake my hand? It's like who the fuck are you? You haven't been in Armenia for how long? And you're telling me about fucking Armenia? I've been there for the last ten months with these guys. I may not be Armenian, but these guys support us. And then when we had the first premiere, is like we had the father who lost his son, who wasn't going to come to the premiere, and I know him well. We're supporting his charity to build a music school in honor of his son, um, of course. And then he came. He actually turned up on a premiere. So we're outside the red carpet and people go, why you got red carpet? Why are you centralizing this? It's like, because we want the world, non-Armenians to see this, to go, this is a big deal. I want to watch it. And he turns up and he goes, he doesn't talk English. And he's like, I had to be here to, I mean, to see this. Yeah. And he like, gives me a big hug and everything. And anyway, so a guy was translating all the way through the documentary for him. And he comes on the screen, bang, to give me his interview, to talk about him, him being with his son when he dies. And I'm sat there as a director, like getting really emotional because I'm like, the guy two seats to my left now is watching himself on screen about his son who's died. He's like, doesn't get any more emotional than that. Yeah. If his criticism about what I've just done, the interview I took with him, and I showed it on my screen, if he's not happy with that, to me, that's me done as a director. Yeah. Is a sense that I haven't done him justice. And at the end of it, he came up to me and gave me a big kiss and cuddle and goes, you've done my son proud. And that's, to me, I don't give a fuck about anyone else. Anyone else can say whatever they want about the film, yeah? This guy... Pratt, and he said, like, this documentary has done my son proud. My yeah. son's story will go down in history and honored before this documentary. And to me, as like, I'll get emotional now, talk about it. It's like, 
some douchebag in LA who goes, oh, you're taking money off them. So I didn't give a fuck about you. This is a father who's in the film who's actually lost his son, who was there on the front line with him. And he's like, I'm proud of his work. And the proudest thing about for me is when no one in the audience knew he was there. And I got him on the stage to give him an ending speech and I turned around and I'm, I introduced him to the audience in Eurovan. And he stood up. His wife was there and she was crying. Do you know what I mean? She like couldn't take it. It was too much for her. She sat in the chair and I, on my Instagram there's a picture of it. And the wife sat down. And he stands up to like give the, the audience a round of applause. And then everyone sees who he is and the whole audience. Do you mean we talk about 500 people stand up on their feet? And Just give him an applause. Like, give him like to say, we know you're a sacrifice. And, um, and that's the stories we're telling in this documentary is the humanization that you can have some idiot who goes out and enjoys their, their evening. Trolls. Yeah, trolls. 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 And they, they're trying to comment, and you've got like real people, real honest people like this guy here, Sarian, who stands up there, and like people like, after yeah. watching that film go, You're the man. Yeah. And knowing that is after like, on Saturday, we've done like, the second screening. After it, my, my friends were like, they went up to Yorblor, which is the cemetery in um, Yorban, if people don't know. And they left at two o'clock military in the morning. Military cemetery. Yeah, military cemetery, yeah, which is keeps getting bigger and bigger. They went up there um, at two o'clock in the morning. They were there to seven in the morning, just crying their eyes out. And for me as a director, I don't want them to be up there crying. Of course I don't want them to be crying, because these soldiers don't want people crying over them because they're soldiers. But it's that it, this documentary has moved a lot of people. And um, even though we've done it three nights there, when we come to America, we start showing it here. I know, I know we're confident that this documentary yeah. will will be a call to action to the dice will do a little bit more and knowing that it give them an insight that they never knew about what happened in this war um okay arno i need you to unmute arno no i need you to unmute he's, yourself and uh this is another arno it's, it's, it's not, not me it's not me i'm not it's talking it's not a british hater is it i hope not arno he should have had my back but didn't have a back <laughs> whatever his name was arno. <laughs> what's up buddy how you doing arno. buddy good how you guys doing good do, man. You have, do you have a mask on first of all <laughs> Yes. All right. Good, good. You can you can go ahead and converse with us now. Um, I have a question and I have a quick comment. Comment about trolls. The more you acknowledge them, the more they're going to continue. The Very more you true. Don't give a shit about them, it's going to cut out. So good point. My question is directly about the war. Now, when the war ended, our amazing, wonderful government of ours, current, kept on spreading rumors saying that one of the main reasons why we lost the war was because of our former government had traders in the military that were selling out locations they were selling out artillery where we are so they could pinpoint bombas now as far as somebody that has military experience i mean did you pick up or did you notice anything shady or suspicion was going on or they're just a flat out just war that we lost no um i i didn't pick up on that i didn't see anyone individually what i do know about there was um in the news in in your van there how was far into the war did you get into armenia I mean? think it was the first three or four days that all of our uh, weapons that were supposed to detect their uh, drones mm. were taken out. So Airspace. I just want to figure, yeah, yeah. 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 figure out when you got into it. So I got in the 9th of October into an area. So, so yeah. like 15, 12 days yeah, into the war. Yeah, 27th and then almost, okay. yeah. Um, the fact is, that, like you're saying there, that's a good point, actually. Within, like... Hours and days, a lot of military targets are being marked and recorded, so they would know exactly what the target's in. It's not like, oh, there's a war going on, let's let, let what are we going to hit? They knew exactly what we're going to hit. For example, if the Brits and Americans were going to go war for Iran tomorrow, they would know exactly what tomorrow morning they're hitting because they planned it. So this was the same there. Um, yeah, there was two, there was two inferential Armenians in the in like military, um, 
government people that were arrested not long ago, that, as that's what we reported in Armenia, that for telling stories or information spying for their Zaris. Um, so yeah, I think very much everything was marked, recorded, and knew exactly what they were hitting, when they were hitting, um, for D-Day, as, as we call D-Day, like yeah. Day of Deliverance or um, Doom Day, is that they knew exactly. So yeah, I've, I'm not going to turn around and say there was Armenian spies, but it's, it's very simple that people knew what was going on. There was intel, intel information. Intelligence, of course there's intelligence, and you'll be naive to think there wasn't intelligence going on there. Every country works in the intelligence. They know exactly where the telephone masks are. They know where military command centers are. It's very, very simple. It's, it's a no-brainer. Do we got anything on YouTube before I go to Sam? Um, Edgar Kopian agrees with uh, Nato. He says... Uh, Nar is right. Uh, guest keeps on bringing up UN resolution about Artsakh being part of Azeris. UN resolution is based off Soviet crap before Soviet Armenian borders were all the way to Kur. Kur River, yeah. Which Kur, is, Kur River, I mean, yeah. if you look at the Woodrow Wilson uh, documents, that's the way it is. Now, which one has more weight? I don't really know. But uh, as far as Google goes, you're right. But as are we going to judge everything off of what Google no, no, says? No, of course not. No, of not, course not really. Now, everybody has a document that's in their favor. Correct? Of course they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which one is the right one? Look, Which we, one is in effect today? Look, we keep on talking about how come the U.S., the U.K. didn't get involved and so-and-so didn't get involved, Italy, France, Greece. It, is there currently genocide going on in parts of the world yes of course there are darfur is that one of them or there you go. i don't know about where? darfur where? but libya i'm sure libya, libya? they're still, okay. still many, selling slaves in libya right now okay on. thanks so to the how many of us my six how many of us <laughs> how many of us have written emails and letters to congress why no, bro what are you talking about man we i mentioned one thing about afghanistan i said pray for the people in afghanistan because of the taliban because those piece of shits are basically in government right yeah. now i said one thing i said uh Pray for the people in Afghanistan. They said, "Were well, the people in Afghanistan praying for you?" It's like, dude, this is this is not a political thing that I'm. I'm not a politician. At the end of the day, I'm a human being, and I'm I'm basically saying I feel bad for what's happening in Afghanistan. And I'm saying, pray for the people in Afghanistan. Yeah, but on the flip side, though, this is me playing devil's advocate, and this is why a lot of some people get probably annoyed with what how I talk and stuff about things. Because I like playing devil's advocate. Of course, yeah. do it. But people, the Taliban of Afghanistan, are indigenous people. They're radicals. No, no, but there to is who? Um, they're radical to who? To the entire world, man. What? The Taliban were never a threat to the UK, America, or any other country. The Taliban weren't involved what are you in 9 11. No. How man. are they radicals? Why are they radicals? The, there, there is and this is me playing devil's no, advocate. I know it is. I know it Before is. Before you get clubhouse no, 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 nuts no, no, no. like going on uh, meals. By, by the way, guys, about. you guys, <laughs> I, see, I see every single one of you flashing your mics. I got to go Sam, Haraid, and then I got to go to uh, Opcar, and then Vaughn. Is Sam the same Sam that's you? No, 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 no. It's oh, not the same Dan. This is a but different Sam. This is the thing, this is not the thing yeah. about. This is the way I look at it. I look at it as the. The way the Taliban runs the government, the way they're... But we don't know. We don't know about Taliban running the government other than 20 years ago. It's, maybe it's, it's a new they're, Taliban. 
Come on, man. Maybe it is a knight. It's been playing. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. wait. wait, wait, wait. Playing, uh, okay. No, if you're playing devil's advocate here, and if, you're, and if an you are saying if it's, a, if it's a new and improved Taliban, I would say, okay, let's see what they got to say. But knowing what was going on in the past and knowing what the Taliban is capable of doing. And but you what, are what aware ta- that the United States of America has been negotiating with the Taliban for many years. Of course. Sat down of course. Hands. Who, Who, created created Who created the Taliban, man? Who funded the original Taliban? Look, there, there's a there's a lot of th- there's a lot of things Who as far as. Who took out Gaddafi? Really? Who took out Gaddafi? Of course, you mean this is this is a, these are all the issues <laughs> that we're talking about. Is this? <laughs> no, I got to drive him home. <laughs> <laughs> but why you talk about Afghanistan? Where's your bathroom? I need to quickly go for a, a I, 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 Go for it, right? You want to go for it? Yeah, it's right over there. You guys carry on. Yeah, we'll go. We'll, we're gonna, we'll, should I play music? Or you guys want to play music? No, or you guys want to chit chat? You want to create some buffering for us, guys? Give us give us about. Two minutes. How long does it take you to whiz? Yeah, how long are you going to piss for? Emil's going to take a piss. He's going to come back and we're going to continue. Give us two minutes. I'm going to take uh, advantage of the uh, are you? commercial break too. All right, we're going <laughs> to play We're it. gonna play music for the people on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes and everything. Everybody on Clubhouse, bear with us for two seconds. And Sam, uh, we'll come to you as soon as Emil gets back, even though Armand's going to be in the bathroom. So Sam, stay on the line with us. We are on. We never left. We're still on, bro. We never left. All right, let me turn. Let me turn. You guys, we talk privately. We talk privately. You want me? No, to, you, you want, want us to? You want me to mute? I talk privately. They can hear us. They can hear us. Crack on then. No, no, no. Okay, let me turn. Let me turn the music down. All right, uh, Sam, go ahead and unmute yourself. Hello. You're talking to me, Sam, right? Yes, sir. I think you're the only Sam on there, aren't you? Well, I don't know if it's YouTube or... or no, no, no. YouTube, no, you're on you, no, YouTube, you YouTube, you, YouTube, Sam, we got to read. You're the one that's audio. Okay, cool. cool. Welcome, Sam. Uh, well, thank you. Well, first of all, thank you guys for, for organizing this. And thank you, uh, Asko and Emil, for, for being mind. on. Cheers. Um, so obviously there's going to be Armenian. So I just have a question. Uh, it's kind of a two-part question, but it could really be answered. Um so obviously there's a lot of Armenians who are going to be, you know, naturally invested in watching the film. Uh, Emil, you and I have spoken before, and you you mentioned that you'd you'd like for non-Armenians to be. What's what Sam's well. this? Samadeus. It's your it's your third favorite Sam, yeah. <laughs> Samadeus. <laughs> Samadeus, you weirdo. We spoke earlier. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good guy, so Sam is. Follow it, him, it, Samadeus, on Instagram. It's it's yeah. Uh, you know, it's obvious that we all want non-Armenians to be invested as well. So for the non-Armenians who have read whatever news they can find, however so misinformed and middled with bullshit or whatever, and have some sort of information about, um, call it the concept, I guess, what what do you want them to, to you know, leave the movie with and, and understand? What, what do you want them to learn? And how are you working to broadcast that, that specific goal? Yeah. Um, before they watch the film. Well, Sam, I know Sam very well, actually. So Sam left Eurovan just before the, the feature um, yeah. screened. So it was, it was unfortunate. It was, me and Sam are good friends. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. Is This documentary, 
we, we me and Sam have spoke about it a lot, and um, he's helping us with the East Coast side of things. Is we don't we know the Armenians going to watch this film. We know the Armenians are a captured audience because the Armenians want that. Is that what we want with this film? Is we want non-Armenians to watch this film. And I want non-Armenians. Me, me, ten months ago, eleven months ago, not knowing anything about Armenia, not understanding about the struggle, the the, the culture itself, yeah, man. Yeah. Anything. And I want people as a director. Me, I want people to watch this. Of course, I want people to watch. This. It's not about money at all. And when people like we talked about earlier about money, it's not about fucking money. It's not at all. It's about as a director, you want people to watch your work, and that's what it is. And documentary is different to film of course but is mainly we want non-armenians to watch this film to sit down on their sofa eventually one day when we release it like mainstream and go i don't know what this country is what's going on here or not even my friends that i serve with and my my good friends and they go to me how's romania I'm like, what do you want about romania Oh, you in Romania? I'm like, in Armenia, not Romania. You I've never heard of Armenia, idiot. Yeah. Um. So I want people to sit down there, um, for 98 minutes and sit there and watch or something and go. Actually, 98 minutes later, this is not like Sex in the City. This is not some shitty thing on um on YouTube or Netflix. 98 minutes later, they go. I actually see a struggle that's going on in the world. I see that people are being frustrated, annoyed, um, persecuted. And they go, right, this is a real issue. And I want them, them to eventually, if there was another war, they know about it. If there was a war in Greece tomorrow, everyone in Britain would know about it. Because people go there on holiday. Yeah. So they'd be like, why is there war in Greece? Well, I remember the waiter in the restaurant, he was brilliant. Why is there war? Do you know what I mean? I feel sorry for Stavron and his restaurant. No one, the war in Armenia, no one cares. Because like, in the rest of the world, other than Armenians, people don't really know about it. And that's what I'm hoping with this documentary is that people watch it and they understand. They understand the struggle that's been going on Does for many years. Does the rest of the world know about North Korea? You love Why North do you Korea? keep on bringing it? <laughs> <North Korea, laughs> Just saying, man. You like, guys, what are the islands? What, what are the what are the islands in Greece? See? What are the island? Those Every, main islands in Greece? Because of that Greece, wacky guy Mikonos, in North Korea. Sansi, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Mykonos, okay, Im- Im- imagine, imagine, for example, the Turkish. Navy, yeah. for example, if the Turks had a navy, for example, they do uh, have a they, navy. I, Don't they, ever underestimate your enemy. I, get, I, I know, I know. But they time. pull up into Mykonos and all those islands, and all those tourists are there on vacation. They go, "What the fuck is going on?" And that is, is, is awareness. Goes, and this goes back to what you would yeah, basically say. And that's why I think I think I think Armenia have massively failed on their tourist industry, like trying to pull in international people. So when there is a war. And it's like the Turks and the Zeris timed it perfectly. They knew about COVID. They knew about the US election. They were like, this is a perfect time. And I can imagine Erdogan going to Elif and go, you've got your moment now. You don't Take think, it or leave you it. You don't think the Turks and the Zeris thought of all this, did you? I do. Really? 100%. I, you I, I really think have a lot there. of... No, no, because I know fighting season from like my military. Like the time like when you can fight. Timing is everything. Fight, timing. I'm just saying, Turkey is NATO, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, so with their timing, they've gone around. The Turkey, the, I, I think Erdogan's gone to them and gone, if you're going to go, go now. The world's busy with elections. COVID, the media are just throwing COVID stories you out there. You don't think Russia had anything to do with it? Um. That's hard to say, to be honest with you. I think it's more led by Turkey yeah. than Russia. I think Russia just saw an opportunity to exploit it after it happened. But yeah, he's right, man. Elections, COVID, there's so the media's much... The busy. So, well, it, so like even here in, in LA, for example, they then go, 
Oh, today there's a war between Azerbaijan and Armenia in dispute the territory of Nagorno-Karabakh. People are going, oh yeah, cool, but what's going on with COVID, man? Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to win the next election, where, where, man? Do I have to wear a double mask today? Yeah, do I have to wear masks to go to the store? All right, we got to stop so, that before we get buffered is again. That, is that really true? Naro mentioned something about the drones were being controlled from Israel. Is that right? Yeah, so what, So I can't, I can't confirm or deny that. But drone warfare is fought from a box. Normally, the, the controller could be miles away from the actual yeah. thing. So, and I, I was having this conversation last night, actually, is that our drones, the British drones, the Predator and American drones that we're using, were controlled from Nevada desert. Yeah. Oh, so what is Afghanistan? So a guy sits in a box. He's on his work shift. Just say he's doing six hours in his box. He's overwatching a target in Afghanistan or Iraq. Is that he knows his lunch breaks at 12. So what would happen was someone come in, take over, take over that that saute that mission while he goes have his lunch it's very impersonal what's going on no way and everything so when these drones were hitting armenian soldiers is the guy or the woman who was actually directing that drone that missile into them probably probably hasn't been watching them all day or they didn't know the story of what's going on there is wars become very electronic it's becoming very modern it's very much like a playstation and you think about kids now my son who's 13 he loves Call of Duty. He watches it. And he's like, yeah, I'm calling it airstriking on them people. And very much, and I, and when I went home for a few weeks over Christmas, and my son was playing this game, and I was like looking at him, and I was like, this is probably what a Turk or an Israeli was doing in this war. It's very interpersonal, that going, well, that missile we're going to strike in there. It's like, it's a computer screen. I'm going for lunch in two, two hours. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, warfare's changed, very much changed. It's, not, it's no longer people on the battlefield. Yeah, it, and I think in years to come, it won't be men fighting on battlefield. It'll be robots fighting wars. And Ro- it, and robots and or, thing, robots or viruses, maybe? Did, yeah, totally, no, 100%. Of the course. Robots, well, this, not only wars. Robots will be fighting in civil wars as well. Of course they will. But the, the thing about the, the the weird thing about this war is that the drone warfare that was used in this war is very different to any other war that yeah. we, I've seen before. Is that a lot of countries around the world are watching what happened in Nagorno-Karabakh and go, this is the future. Like, even Britain's even turned around and go, do we really need main battle tanks anymore? Because they're going to get taken out by a drone. Of course. Do we, how, how do we adapt our fighting? And even though the world was silent, they were watching. So the US and the UK, they have these drones. Yeah, we have these drones, yeah. So John John Black was asking, why aren't we using them in the last few months against the Taliban? So if no Taliban was making such a big effort to so get that's into a good Kabul, question. that's a great question. Go ahead and ask the U.S. government. Yeah, go speak to the government. Why were they <laughs> so happy to move out of Afghanistan? Of course, we could have halted the Taliban like movement. Same as ISIS. Like I spent a lot of time in the Middle East, so when ISIS were rising up, it's like we could have defeated ISIS. Do you think there's a difference? ISIS, Taliban. Yeah, they are different. Yeah, ISIS is actually fighting the Taliban. So ISIL used Taliban to be ISIS and ISIS and. I, uh, how are they different, though? Um, ideology. Yeah, we, it's very quick and easy to say you're Islamist extremist, but they are very different in what they want. Is ISIS want a caliphate? They wanted to establish a caliphate with the unification of all Muslim countries together. The Taliban don't want that. They are very nationalist and go, you know, we're, we're, we want a unification between Pakistan and Afghanistan. Before the Taliban, ISIS are very. Very grand. Pakistan itself is the hotbed of terrorism. Of course it is, but they were friends, uh, partner of the it, uh, America. Okay, See I, where I, we're going on. with all this. See, uh, yeah. ISIS, hold on, <laughs> if, correct me if I'm wrong. ISIS is the Islamic State of uh, Iraq and Syria, Iraq and Syria. Yeah, so yeah. it's a kind of 
mixture of ISIS Iraqis, can, ISIS Syrians. Can mean, a, mean a lot of things. Yeah, oh, no, like Obama is very clever. He never, Obama didn't want to refer to it as ISIS. He wanted to call it to ISIL, which was Islamic State of um, Iraq and Levant, as in the, ah. he didn't want to refer directly to Syria because he didn't want to get involved in Syrian um, politics. ISIS is used in special, uh, uh, as a name for the special operations in Israel as well. Is it? Yeah, so the CIA know. version of ISIS uh, of Israel. It's Mossad. Mossad, but ISIS as okay. well. Okay. But then uh, you got the Pakistanis, which is ISIL, um, ISI, who've been operating for many years. And the thing when it comes to Afghanistan is that when the Soviets were fighting, we supported the Mujahideen against the Soviets, and now all of a sudden these, these Mujahideen are now the Taliban, and they have been for years. So yeah, it's, governments are very short-sighted, in my opinion. Because you got to think about it, and this is what goes back to what's going on in Armenia now, is that Biden's only going to potentially, after four or five years, he's be gone. Potentially, yeah? Potentially. Boris Johnson, four or five years. Macron, gone. all these stuff, yeah? Gone. People like Putin don't go after four or five years. And this no. is, Erdogan doesn't go after four or five years. They've got long-term agendas. And people and countries, especially like when you meet people in Arctic, and you go to them, oh, do you want the Russians in? They go, they know that it's a long-term game. It's not a short-term game. Pashinyan, who just won the last election, probably go in four or five years' time. Easy. Before they look at Putin and go, well, Putin's not going anywhere. So security-wise, and you've got to remember, a lot of people neglect this, that when you're a normal civilian, you want your children to go to school, you want to have a normal life, security is the fundamental thing that you want. And if you don't have security, you have nothing. There's nothing else that can... Sorry, keep hitting that mic. Don't worry about it. There's nothing else that can work unless you have security. You can't implement human rights, female rights, all this stuff if you don't have security. So when they look at Russia and they go, well, we're going to provide the security for the next 10, 15 years, we're going to take that option. Yeah. So it's tough. All right. Um, I know... Here's... Okay, guys, I know a lot of you are flashing your mics. I got I got to go in order, guys. How I, long we got left on this now? You tell us. You tell oh, us, man. All right. There's what, still people watching. What, There's still what's your people. What's your curfew? I don't know. Uh, you want me to hit up Osco? Uh, <laughs> he's on the guys, plane. <laughs> like, like and share before we yeah, get to the calls. Every, yeah, please. everybody like, share on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, subscribe, hit the bell notification. Uh, okay, Hraid, you're next. Uh, guys, bear with us for a second. Hraid, go ahead and unmute yourself. Uh, go ahead and ask your question. Emil, you're live with the wise that's in Emil. Let's chat. Hi, good, after, oh, good evening, I should say, Emil. Nice to meet you on this platform. You too, thank man. Thank you guys for hosting the event. Um, just as a way of a background, I, I, I wanted to say that, you know, I've studied international law. I've written about secessionist movements, including the rights of self-determination for the people in Quebec, for Artsakh, for Kosovo. Brilliant. And um, we need to be careful about spreading uh, inaccurate information. So what's the accurate information? that Dagorno uh, Karabakh or Artsakh is a part of Azerbaijan. It it's, is. It's no it isn't. That's incorrect and that's a false information that you're spreading. Yes. The status of Artsakh is left to negotiation as what the Azeris agreed to with Armenia and with the people of Artsakh. And so please be very careful when you make that statement because it's incorrect, it's inaccurate and it's misleading. There are no UN resolutions calling for uh, the territorial integrity of Azerbaijan. There are seven regions around it. Both the United States government, the French, the British, and the Western world have basically abstained, and they are part of a negotiating process for final determination of the status of Artsakh. It is a disputed 
territory. The people themselves have declared their independence and they have every right to be independent. Otherwise, they, they would be ethnically cleansed from the region. How about, no, 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 they won't be ethnically cleansed. That's, 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 once again, that's what she's making up. What about the people of Crimea then? What about well, the people of Crimea? The the issue, here's the issue. When the Western world set the precedent for severing Kosovo out of Serbia... No, 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 we keep going back to Kosovo. Let's forget Kosovo. No, 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 no forget Kosovo. Forget Kosovo. No, 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 because... Here's the issue, guys. Every time that the Russians have made a move to sever any region in any part of the world, including Abkhazia, South Ossetia, mm -hmm. Crimea, yeah. they point to the United States and to the British and say... You're the ones who greenlighted severing Kosovo out of Serbia. You are the ones who recognize the, the Golan Heights as part of Israel yep. or Jerusalem as part of Israel. You are the ones who are setting the precedent for us. Why is it wrong for us to do the same? You're the ones who started it with Kosovo. It was Bill Clinton's mistake in the early 90s, and that was directly aimed to punish Russia right after the fall of the Soviet Union, to show the force of NATO by severing Kosovo out of Serbia. Yeah, but, you said the yeah, yeah, what's his name? His name is Harad. Harad, uh, the fact is that NATO was involved in uh, Kosovo. It had no right to be involved. No, 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 but that's your opinion. They were involved. The fact is and they were involved, yeah? correct. They had no right to How was it legally correct? We talk about legal status here. Were we legally correct Who in Afghanistan and Afghanistan? NATO only but no, but they were. We were talking about they were involved in it. We're talking about Artak where they NATO wasn't involved. involved. The fact that they were involved set the standard for Russia to cleave parts out of Ukraine, out of Georgia. And that's not even the factor here. The Armenians of Nagorno-Karabakh. U.S. Congress back in 1988, when the Soviet Union was still intact, okay, they are the ones who passed resolutions calling for the self-determination of the Armenians of Nagorno-Karabakh. That's why the United States never gets involved, because we have precedent by the U.S. government recognizing the self-determination of the Armenians. Now, so, would, so what's your opinion? Years, later after the, it's not my opinion. No, 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 I'm not saying what's your opinion. I'm saying what is your opinion that should happen in that region now, currently where we they are have now? every right. These people deserve their independence. They have earned it. They deserve yeah. it. Otherwise, they will be ethnically cleansed. International Do they have law, independence today? International law requires... They should be declared... See, Armenia... But they will be ethnically cleansed by who, sorry? Armenia entered into a negotiating process under the Madrid Protocols yeah. for the final status determination. Azeris violated it by war, by ethnically totally, cleansing. Yeah. It was incumbent upon the Western powers... To say we don't believe in ethnic cleansing. But when no no so stop 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 you you're throwing around ethnic cleansing willy nilly here. When did ethnic cleansing happen? It started in 1988. After okay, so when we're, we're talking about now, no, we're talking about 2020. Yeah, we're talking. Well, we're not talking about the history now. We're talking about currently what's going on now. Yeah, currently, what happened to Hadrut? Yeah, but is that, was that was that was, was, what could, happened to those regions? What do you what mean? Happened what happened to, to the them? Civilians living there. But, I mean, is, but no, no, this is the thing. This, no, 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 stop, mate, for a second. This is the thing. You can throw around the, like ethnic cleansing and we, and all this like genocide and stuff. This war yeah, and this is no, no, stop, 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 stop. This this war and a lot of people probably disagree with this. They could soundbite and share it all over Twitter, whatever they want to do. This war was not ethnic cleansing. 
what happened. What was it? No, it was a war. And it's not it? ethnic cleansing. It, was it wasn't genocide. So for you yeah, to say that, it's not genocide. It's not. It's easy for people to go turn around and go, it's a genocide. And I understand why Armenians do that, because they want to relate to it. They say it's a genocide. This war was not a genocide. This war was not ethnic cleansing. Yeah, maybe if it went on for longer, we could have potentially seen it. But that's speculation. No, I do understand. I was there, mate. I was, I was there. Where were you? Where were you? I don't care if you're a lawyer. If you're a lawyer, then, if you're a lawyer, let's see the facts and figures of genocide and ethnic cleansing that happened. No, man, mate, you are, you're not a good lawyer, man. I wouldn't hire you. Mate, you're not, you're not a good journalist. Oh, mate, you, you still here? Guys, 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 wait a minute. Okay, 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 wait, 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 okay, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn the volume down. You guys aren't gonna be even heard on the podcast, so you guys could. Uh, no, 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 you no, guys no, could, no, 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 let, let them, let, hold on, if they, if they want to unmute themselves and go on a rant, they can go on a rant, nobody's going to hear them, but here's the thing, guys, no, no, Emil no. is here, I, first and foremost, I want you guys to show respect, Vaughn, the fact no, that you're saying, that. no, man, it's not, that's no, disrespectful, no, no. bro, no. you're not a good journal, come oh, on, who's this idiot, man, fuck him off, I don't give a fuck who he is, we sat on his couch at home, he's done nothing with his life, the fact is, no, no, people throw out there, goes, ethnic cleansing is a genocide, this is not a genocide. The genocide of what happened in 1915 is very, very different to what's happened here Emil, in this world. Watching those cross stones being knocked down. That's not a genocide, genocide, though. Okay, not so what's the genocide. definition yeah. of genocide? Exactly. By, by the way, before you guys, be, before, before, before you, before you continue, guys. By the Let's way, any any of you guys unmuting yourself and basically talking, nobody could hear you on the podcast. The only people that could hear you on Clubhouse, so you can unmute yourself and go on a rant all you want. It's not going to do anything. Well, We're on a live podcast. I ask you guys to respect it and go one by one. Do not unmute yourself and go on a rant nobody could hear you so let's 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 look at the definition let's of look genocide, at that would be right? good actually yeah, yeah. genocide is the intentional action to destroy a people usually defined as an ethnic national racial or religious group in whole or in part um let's see uh Bro, it's the extermination it's, of a culture race no, it's nationality not, it's not, it's so not extermination this. it has to okay, do a with cleansing of a name no it's not about cleansing it has to do with when a certain number of people families have to be moved out of that region okay. it's, it's technically no, 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 considered no. a genocide no, as well right no, no, but this this war and this is and i see people getting frustrated with this and will call this out and it's like this war was not a genocide how many you people were how many people were displaced 20 30,000 and that's not considered. the population of outside is 160,000 yeah so 20 30,000 on the region that they lost and everything is that a genocide no it, is could, it, no, it, it could be defined okay, because what, that many What happened people to Rohanda? What happened in other places in the world? Is that they, a genocide? They what's they that, what's it going a genocide. on? Of course they do. Of course they did many years ago, but what's happening now? What's happening in Yemen? Is that a genocide? What's happening in Syria? Is that a genocide? Syria. Syria? Is it a genocide in Syria? No. No. Civil Why not? War. There's more people displaced. There's over it's 11 million. Civil war. There's over a million people. 11 you don't million have a people civil war in displaced. But hold on. When you no, look at. No. Hold on. Wait, wait. When you look at the Armenian genocide, Armenia was part of the Ottoman Empire, right? Yes or no? It happened because they left. But hold on. No, no, no. Answer what I'm saying, though. Armenia was part of the Ottoman Empire, correct? Forcefully. <laughs> no, man. Yes. You, bro, forcefully. you're... Hold on. You're, 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 you're Soviet bro, Union. Okay, you're, you're... Same. Forcefully. But then, but what, forcefully my, no, no, again, this is my sir, point. I get it, bro, but... Uh, but, you, no, but this is my point, and this is my... The things. The Armenians, there was a genocide in 1915 and onwards, yeah? That was a genocide. 100%, yeah? And that guy goes, oh, you're a shoot journalist or whatever, like whatever you say. Is the fact is that you've got to be realistic and you've got to stick to the facts here, that the war that happened for 44 days was not a genocide. 
That's not a genocide. Well, it's not just about the war. It's, it's about the displacement of the people that live there. It's I not understand. just about the number yeah. of people that And we show that in the documentary, as we talk yeah. about. And we talk about the, the ins and outs of why that happened. But it, it, I think with Armenians, sometimes it's very easy to go, it's got to be a genocide. It's a genocide because if we mention well, the word genocide, it's emotional, it, it, emotional yeah, yeah. of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, and I get yeah, that yeah. and I have empathy to that. But then when people go, oh, I'm a legal expert and I'm telling you it's a genocide, it's not. Well, it's not a genocide. Give us the facts and figures of how it's a genocide. No one's recognizing the international community that it's a genocide. Well, other than this guy who sits in his office. Well, when you say community, because how is it going to benefit? First of all, nobody even recognized there was a war going on, right? Nobody cared. People knew that. Again, about. going back to what I was like, Armenia say didn't recognize care. Artsakh as its own sovereign nation. We're not talking about the because no, 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 Russia no, no, no. wouldn't allow them to yeah. recognize it as its own what, sovereign what, nation. A lot of we had a lot of comments about the uh, Woodrow Wilson map. Yes, a right? lot, yes. and I'm still not giving okay. up on it. Either. So, what was that map about? Let's. I don't know the whole history about it. We could have Edgar explain it to us since he brought it up. I briefly, I remember reading it, so, and I, I brief, I have, I don't remember it exactly. That's why I don't want to say everything, because yeah. I know pieces but, of it, not the whole thing. But well. I remember that that was one of the, if not the first official recognition of the genocide, because Woodrow Wilson map showed that the territories that were being fought for belonged to Armenia. And that was one of the, the, the he was the first president to actually mentioned the word genocide correct and then it was reagan after him yes right so and and his whole map was all about what belonged to armenia what belonged to turkey correct the way i look at it the continuation of 1915 which was a genocide is continuing today because the rest of the world has been quiet for a fucking hundred years that's why i still call it a genocide but again that's because that first one was never recognized and still today is not recognized. So it's a continuation. It's not recognized by who, though? The whole the whole people you guys nine, think are going to come nine, save Armenia. Nine, when I say Armenia must stand any, on its feet. I don't think anybody's going to save Armenia. Armenia. I never Nothing said anybody's going to save Armenia. Armenia. Unless Armenians get together and save Armenia, Look, no one else is Does 95% Armenia. of the world recognize it as Armenia? I mean, as genocide. No. Yes, they do. No. Of yes. They do. Even Who majo- gives a shit? You can have 99%. You don't get Turkey to recognize. <laughs> no. Nothing well, matters. Tur- Turkey's not going to recognize. Forget Turkey to recognize Did America yeah. recognize it? Well, they have done Most it. states have. America's recognized no. it. No. Most no. States. Why don't recognize it as no. a genocide? No, That's no. stupid. No, no, not yet. Not, not officially. Not officially. Not, not officially. So who, when you say something, nothing was on paper. Yeah, he brother. made a comment. He made nothing. a comment about it. Who gives a fuck about it? And a few days later, he's dealing with Azerbaijan. He was jacking off. He had ice cream the next day. the next day. <laughs> talking like you, about like he forgets about everything else he had a brain freeze you, you can't call that it. recognition yeah you can't recognize it you got 42 countries that can't even recognize themselves that recognize which i'm thankful to those 42 countries some of them are huge countries and i have a lot of respect for what they've done now for armenia to turn around and do what turkey wants Turkey wants, okay, we want Turkey and Amer- Armenia to have good relations. You should sign that the genocide didn't happen. Armenia signs that paper. What happens to the 42 countries that have recognized the genocide? What happens then? No, but the thing is, though, what I was saying, then, people are probably getting confused here, is what happened in 1915 is very different to what happened in 2020. It's a continuation. No, of yeah, no, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's not. 
What I'm saying is, in 1915 and years afterwards, it was a systematic rounding up of people to ethnic cleanse and murder. Yes. That didn't happen in 2020. The Zeris did not go around houses. Brother, rounding people was, was no, 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 no. But that's your personal subjective true, opinion on it. True. They weren't rounding people up and executing them outside for their ethnicity. That's a very difference. This was a war for they were 44 using days. Instead. Yeah, who cares about that? Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had drones, you would use drones. 100%. Of course. Okay, you we're women. So, we're, so we're, hold on. It's we're not we're, ethnic cleansing. So when someone talks to me and goes, oh, this is genocide, and I stood in Armenia throughout the whole war, and I go, this is not genocide. You're basing your opinion on your subjective opinion. I go, what happened in 1915? This war's a war, not genocide. Okay. So if they start rounding up Armenians and going, you're Armenian. And of course, don't get me wrong, there's incidents within what happened where they did murder people, yeah. That's what there's, I was going to ask we're going to talk about yeah. it. And we show that in the documentary, 45 Days, we show that. And we talk about that, is that that's a very different game. An isolated incident is different to the mass opinion on what goes on with the state. Is if they were rounding up people daily and going, because you're Armenian, look at me, let me look at your nose. Look at me, your beard. Yeah, you're Armenian. Stand over there and execute them. That's ethnic cleansing. Ethnic cleansing didn't happen in this war. Of course, if there was things that changing, ethnic cleansing might have happened, but it didn't happen. So when people go to me, and I'm, I'm very blunt, direct, and these idiots and that. Who was that douchebag who called me a fucking dickhead? Who was that guy? It was your, fr- is your fellow, gonna, fellow, 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 fellow Brit. Brit. Who was that? You call him dick. a dickhead or something? No, no, no. He said, he said, he said, you're a, you're, you're a, a shitty journalist. journalist. <laughs> that was one. Whatever. Do one. But um, the fact is, though, his mic. Oh, he's flashing his mic. Put him back on. Let's put this idiot on. Uh, well, Narek wants to talk. Narek wants to say something, and then uh, you, uh, do you want me to bring on Vaughn or Narek? You tell me. Who? Uh, Vaughn was the one that called you a shitty journalist. Who's the guy who hasn't spoke? Narek hasn't, hasn't spoke. Hasn't spoke. Let's, let's get him on. Okay. Yeah, of course, there's right. some guy who hasn't spoke. Let's, okay. Let's uh, uh, give me one second. Me one I wish high. I wish high life from uh, face. Uh, honey, I'm not bro, coming home bro, tonight. This is. You know. You know. It's. You know. It's okay. I wish high life would go on to. Narek, before I bring you on. Before I bring you on. This is. This is hilarious, bro. I see. I see the mics because it's plugged into this. I see. I see the mics go off and I see them chit chatting, but no one could really hear them. I'm like, listen, when when I bring you up, you could talk. But here's the thing, guys. If you speak, I promise you, you, this is a live podcast. If you speak out of turn, I promise you, I'm going to send you down to the audience and you will not come back up. You guys, please respect Emil. Please respect us. Please do not speak out of turn. Narek, unmute yourself. You're on live with the Wise Nuts and Emil. Which Narek is this? The one that's talking. um, As far as kind of want to go back to the Armenian genocide idea. Um, So not idea, but the recognition idea. So only, I believe, 23. No, sorry. Let me... 33 countries have formally recognized the genocide. That's out of, I believe, 196 countries in the world. That's um, as 20%. As whole, yeah, have so recognized? majority of the world does not care for what Armenians have Thank to say, you. I think. Um, but as far as, like, the... Like, as far as the whole idea of, like, it's not genocide, legally, I agree. It's not. However, if you go back into history, you can see the entire state of Azerbaijan was basically... <laughs> premised on the idea of ethnic cleansing Armenians essentially and if we do want someone to kind of like give legal aspects of it Hudaid is a good source to go to because he does specialize in this and that's good but, no, 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 stop, stop there that's great yeah when I'm, I'm, I'm a filmmaker making a documentary here yeah if this guy does a great job with like in legal stuff let him crack on and let him do good work mm-hmm. simple as yeah, we respect the people that are doing good things to it um, to to highlight what's going on here is legally, yeah, he's a different status to us. Do you know about the law? No, I don't. Thanks, Do you Narek. know about the law? Oh. No, we don't know about but, the law. But I think we have to keep in mind 
if let's say if Haride is a uh, political science legal analyst for attorney legal attorney, attorney. Yeah. you got a great radio voice yeah, it's my f- that's the first time anyone's ever said that to me. No, seriously, <laughs> it's not the first time someone said that. It, o- it only took five glasses for him to actually come out and say it. Was not you? Hey, so anyways, so my, my you don't know what he does after hours either. <laughs> yeah, when you Is call Bob, when you call that number, <laughs> 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 he said you were Bob. John, John, you have my number, right? Bob the Builder. John, I can tell you from experience. <laughs> so that was amazing. Right my my question is this: if if Harai made a documentary about the war, a lot of people wouldn't watch it. Because it'd be boring as fuck. It's no, boring. No, no, no. <laughs> no because he wouldn't have the credibility be, because he's Armenian. No, because it's going to be subjective, right? He's going to have a. Um, uh, the, the purpose behind it is going to be. He's going to have a motive behind it. Now, I, I again, I haven't seen the documentary, but you said it's a very neutral documentary, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how it has to be in order for the rest of the world to see it and accept it. We don't care if Armenians watch the documentary and say, oh, my God, this was fantastic. It doesn't matter. We already knew what happened, mm-hmm. right? Most of us, I think, probably 99% could call it a genocide, call it whatever you want to call it. But if the rest of the world doesn't watch it and actually take something from it, then your job was pretty much has gone to waste no i I disagree on that because my job throughout throughout the war was reporting what was going on i've united a lot of people like from diaspora we've we've done a lot of good work for charity throughout things so well well, no i'm not referring to that but no no no, but what i'm saying is the whole this like i'm saying is 40 days um 45 days film is a documentary but right. we've done the, as in 45 day project we've done a lot to help a lot of people that we spoke but, about but here. what was what was your motive what, what motivates me is to tell stories I tell, I'm a documentary filmmaker I tell stories that's what my motivation what, what would for example whatever I do there, there's a purpose for doing it I have a motive and then when it's said and done either I've accomplished it or not right mm. what would make you feel accomplished in the, for this film, yes, for this okay. for this particular, and and of course, the, I I know you're going to go on to make a lot more documentaries mm-hmm. about other countries, other yeah, of course, yeah. this is the moment in time, but, yeah. But this particular documentary, forty five days, what was the motive, and what do you want to accomplish from this? I, I want people to watch this film, and I want them to understand what happened here. I want to see people, meaning who international community I want the international community to see the struggle that's going on in Armenia that's going on constantly is the intergenerational trauma that stems from the genocide that people go that the reason you live in America why do you guys live in America land of opportunity no 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 but why did when you didn't come to America our parents, no, our parents. Our parents came in. Why did your parents came? Opportunity. Better opportunity. Yeah, but when? What year are we talking? We're talking about 88. So you're talking your Soviets. Of Soviet course, generation. Of course. Right. I, I got here after Soviets. So, but that mentality of that, we, life is shit here. We need to move. You've also got the genocide um, diaspora that left because of genocide and they of had course. to leave the genocide. Well, exactly. And we're, and we're, we're actually different people too. Totally, yeah. Well, I get that. But the fact is though that so many Armenians felt like they had to leave their homeland. But they feel so connected to the homeland. And I think this is what the documentary w- I'm trying to achieve here. I'm, I'm not saying that this is revolutionary or something. But I want people to realize that a country like Armenia has been 
persecuted for so many years it's been suffering for, for so many years if it is the genocide or if it is um x y and z massacre or if it is the soviet union that's forced them away is that for me as an outsider I'm like, i i sit there and think and i go why is there more armenians living out of armenia than actually in armenia yeah i, I it's crazy. I brought it, I brought it up to you it's earlier, crazy. right? Crazy, but this is what we're on the documentary, and like, and we've got an interview when we're in um, Karabakh when they're handing over the territory to Azerbaijan and they're burning their houses down, and the road. We've got dr- beautiful drone footage of cars leaving this guy, and he talks in Armenian. We've got subtitles for that one, and he goes, "It's actually devastating." For it me. is devastating and totally devastating. And I was there with these guys, and I was like, "Wow!" And like. I go to a guy. goes, nothing more to say. I don't know what words to say to you. You're burning your fucking house down. And he turns around. And this other guy turns around and goes, "The repeat. The only difference between now and 1915 is that we're leaving in our cars. Before we'd have done it Walk. on foot. Yes. We've done it on foot. Do you see and where I, I saw the resemblance to yes, a genocide? Totally. And I'm there, and a totally outsider, being very objective. And I'm like, it's hard to be around people and not feel like I've been a sponge. Not picking up on the vibe and what's going on and, and it, that's why this documentary is very different to my other documentaries because I get to, I got to know the Armenian people I got to understand the people in Karabakh the Armenian diaspora and it's like it's that whole emotion and why this is so imp- this story is so important and like I was saying we screened it in Yerevan and the feedback's been brilliant people have loved watching 45 Days um, in the sense that some people might go oh, what, what are you going to do to change it might not change anything if it changed one, two, three, or 4 people's opinion I've achieved my aim as the director. Um, but we really want non-Armenians to watch this film because we want people to go, where is Armenia? What's yeah. going on in Armenia? What is their struggle in Armenia? Yeah. And that's the key. Now, the premiere's on the September 16th, correct? Um, we're not calling it premiere because this year we've got to call it a premiere. Okay, uh, the showing is on September 16th. Yeah. The, the it's at the Chinese Theatre. It's sold out there. Sold out, yeah. We've we, um, we got no tickets left okay. on that one. Besides that, as far as Los Angeles base, because obviously majority of the diaspora is in Los Angeles. Totally, yeah. Uh, where else can they watch it? Where can they obtain it? How can we spread this to more people besides just September 16th? Yeah, so we're going to work on um, Hollywood on 16th, and then from there we go to Fresno, then we're going to San Francisco, then we're going to Sacramento. So just one showing in LA? So then we come back to Glendale. On the 24th. Where, what Alex, are we looking at as Glendale? Or, are we looking at AMC, Pacific Theatres, Alex? We're still talking to Alex at the moment because they're very slow, these people. You speak to them and go, I'm instant. I'm like, let's book it now. Um, what's your price? What, how much does it cost us to do this? in LA, nothing is instant. Here. Oh, no, tell me about it. Have it's you thought about maybe man. reaching out to AMC Burbank? Um, who are you see? Burbank? We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. Sure. But yeah, no, we want to do Alex Theatre. It's, it's a bigger theatre. But yeah. we, we, do you mean, we was... I think the AMC overspills. might give you bigger theaters than Alex. We, we don't need Alex is one thousand four hundred. We don't. We're not going to get one thousand four hundred people to turn up. You'll be surprised, man. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Here's the thing: the three of us basically would are would be interested. And not only that, I mean, I'm I'm sure. What are you talking about, bro? I think we're going to the premiere. Well, it's not a premiere. Stop calling. Sorry, not the showing. No, no, no. The reason why we didn't call it a premiere is because if we wanted into in, to enter into like certain film festivals like the Oscars and stuff they go around where do you premiere it and we go if we turn around and go we've done private screens not premiere it gives us the luxury to go okay we screened it but we haven't done premiere this ah, is a premiere so we need to be very it's, careful it's a word that. game just like yeah, genocide okay. yeah. they've done a private screening in Yerevan and they want to do a private screening here yeah, all across America so yeah. then we're going to do the west coast and we're going to move over yeah. to Austin and then we're going to do the east coast Yeah, I look at it as, like, as this if you, if you set up a weekend or two weekends in Burbank or in Glendale, where you make tickets available to the public, the fact that you were 
Osco was concerned about being sold out or even getting tickets sold by Thursday. Mm. And you guys are sold out by, what is today, Monday? For 40 hours, we're sold out in Hollywood. That's it, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. telling you. You know why? Another reason, I think, who mentioned it? Somebody mentioned something about why it's part of a genocide, what's going on, mm. is the people that are there in Artsakh are Armenians. Mm-hmm. But their land it has nothing to do with Armenians now. It's controlled by Russians today. And it, that in itself is a portion of just genocide too. These people, it doesn't matter if they were sitting in a Zerovets or they were sitting on a horse or walking with someone on a horse telling them where to go. It's still you're leaving your lands, going that. to an, a that. land that you are not comfortable. I with. get. Yeah, you got to stop looking that. at it. You got to stop looking at it as a victim card and as emotionally. We were we were in a war. No, no, no. I've never used the victim. No, card. No, no, you no. Know I get that. it. I get it. No, I've never who, used whoever, the victim card. No, whoever was commenting. If I use the victim card, I wouldn't be so prone. No, no, no. Uh, I get it. Nuclear get it. weapons? Would I? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I'm the opposite of fucking yeah. victim card. You have to look at it like this. Whoever said whatever they said, shots were fired. Shots were fired back. It was a war. You're out of your mind. Okay. It was all set up. Set up by who? The West, the East, and everyone between. Damn it. (laughs) If you look at it that way, everything is a setup, bro. Everything everything is a setup. 1915 was a setup. Everything else afterward. So... World War One, two, three hundred one AD. Everything was a setup. Everything was a setup. The failures of our four leaders, starting with Levon the damn blind Ter Petrosian all the way to Pashinyan. The failures of those four pricks led to this. Okay, fine. All then, four pricks. Okay, fine. All four pricks. Yeah. Definitely. Then please explain to me how the fuck did the prick who lost the war, who killed 5,000 innocent soldiers, get, get re- reelected? Get reelected. More than that. That doesn't say much about how? the people, does how? it? How? Okay. Then stop. How about the, how about the S- election? Then stop. Blame. How, how fair is the election in Armenia? Bro. We don't know yeah, that, that either, Again, that's I just a completely different topic. That's a completely different conversation. conversation. Everything, is a, everything is a blame game. By the way, should, should we get Nara to call? I think Nara has a lot to say. There's Nara. Nara is a Nara, long-time listener. Nara, do you have Arno's number? Let's do one more then. Let's finish up because we're coming Nara on three hours now. We're coming on three hours. Nara, hold on. Nara, I'm going to text you Arno's number. So why don't you just... Just tell it to me. It's, a, it's a public business number. 818-395-6142. Call me. <laughs> yeah. And he just used that as advertising. Repeat it, asshole. Repeat it slowly. For all your home sales, uh, <laughs> residential, commercial, real <laughs> estate <laughs> matters. If, if you <laughs> want to get fucked uh, by your realtor, call Arno. Call Arno. <laughs> Naro, call me. 818-395-6142. He's That's actually Who's your sponsors? We, huh? don't, we don't have builders. any sponsors. Why you know why Bob we don't build. have sponsors? Because <laughs> <laughs> we want to be able to say what we say. You both think we're sponsors. You can still say uh, what you're saying. Not necessarily. Emil, you're not the only one who said that, bro. A lot not of people have said that. We've had, we've had people told us, hey, you guys drink scotch on the show yeah. all the time. Do can, it. Can we, can we send you a bottle of cognac scotch and just, yeah. just put it on the table? I go, listen, this isn't a fucking Armenian soap opera for us to put a... And you're not the only one who said I have a sexy voice. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, you're not the only one. Naro, if if I don't get Naro, if I don't get a call for oh, if Naro calls me, I gotta get off of Clubhouse. Well, Well, call me Naro. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, Let's get up as the finale. Naro, why don't you call me? Well, then here's the thing: if Naro calls you, Clubhouse can't hear him. That's fine. 
Well, Clubhouse can go back and watch it on YouTube. Uh, I guess, yeah, That's another thing. Okay, not the, pe- a, the people on Clubhouse, yeah, sorry, you guys got to go back on YouTube. And then when you go back on YouTube, you, what you do is you click the like button, you click the subscribe button, you click the bell notification right on the side. Someone's asking, do you believe in an independent Kurdistan? Oh, God, come on, um, man. It, that's a tough question. That's a very tough question because Iraqi Kurdistan, Turkey Kurdistan, Syria and Iran Kurdistan. Speaking I've, of I've, Armenian uh, genocide in Kurdistan. Yeah, no, no. I've, no, 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 let's not Nato, talk about check that. your message, Facebook deep. Messenger. No, but I think Kurdistan is a very complex issue and the Sykes-Picot Agreement or back in the day between the French and the Brits, we fucked that up. And um, I think Kurdistan... Really, you're so honest with that stuff. Yeah, bro. no, totally. I'm, <laughs> yeah. Mean, I'm totally. I well, have my hand up. We fucked o- up in many Not countries. only Kurdistan, bro. And then you go, if you want to get into like independence, you go to Dagestan. Yeah. You, there's mm. so many other nations, bro. Do you, no, man. The, ba- the Balfour Agreement of Israel, we fucked up there. Is the fact is with Kurdistan is that I know I know personal... I've spent a lot of time in the, with the Syrians and Good Iraqis, the Turks and the Iranians. Brilliant people, great people. Yeah. But however, is I think the common enemy against Islamic State, they're united. Oh. It's very much, I see similar, similarities between the Armenians and the fact is that during their war against Islamic State, they came united. The second fight against Islamic State was over, they come disunited in the sense that I'm an Iraqi Kurd. I'm a Syrian Kurd. I'm a Turkish Kurd. We all want our own different independence. We have the same issue. I know, totally, and I see that. Therefore, I think the Kurds, yeah, Kurds like Armenians are beautiful people. Who are like they're very passionate. Do you know what I mean they want? They want their own, their rights to things. But I, ne- I don't think Iraqi, great, great fighters as well. Yeah. Great fighters, yeah, yeah. Very. Do you mean they want to go out and they? The West is ally was the Kurds and we failed them many times over we failed and them over in 2003 we failed them in 2014 15 16 and even now and even remember the, the interview Trump goes the Kurds the Kurds we love the Kurds and then a few weeks later he turns his back on the Kurds and it's, it's, it's that tough decision um, but yeah I think the Kurds will never have their own independence they will have never have their own country right to self-determination no yeah. it's because the Kurds are absorbed by the surrounding countries there you go did you feel any uh, intelligence around you when you were in Yerevan? <laughs> Someone's nah. mentioning the. Are, no, are we going to touch on Afghanistan real quick or no? Sure, yeah, we can, yeah let's, t- let's touch on Afghanistan let's really go. quickly and then yeah. we'll let's basically call it. Yeah. Let's call it. Um, I gave Nara my number. He said he can also call me on Facebook. But Nara, come on. I'm a married up. man. Don't call me after midnight. <laughs> Don't be texting us after 11 o'clock. <laughs> With that voice, he's going to call you right after midnight. <laughs> He'll be like, I got the lube ready. Can I talk to talk you Talk to me. <laughs> he's got his left hand lubed ready to go. <laughs> is, he le- is he a lefty? Switch hitting, baby. I don't know. I haven't been with him. Go ahead. Um, so, Afghanistan. So about Afghanistan. Yeah. Do you think what the U.S. did was um, the right thing to do, the timing of it and the way we did it? Um, You've been there. You've you've seen Taliban. You've seen the ISIS there. Mm. Um, You think pulling out the way we did and uh, as far as, you know, Trump had an agreement and uh, Biden was supposedly following that agreement. What's your input on that? I I think... Afghanistan is like betting on a horse that you know is never going to win. Yeah. But you keep putting your money on that horse thinking one day it's going to win. Um, I think Biden was very short-sighted. Sure, we did that for 20 damn years. Yeah, 20 years, a long time. So many think, many days. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? And we fought there and we lost a lot of troops. Um, a lot of guys have come back, changed a lot of families in there. 
But I think very much Biden just pulled the plug very quick in the sense that America is the biggest superpower of the world. There's no dispute in that. Think, forget Russia. Russia, yeah, they, they, oh, they PR kind of thing. Know. Like we yeah. can do this. China, maybe, but not China. Russia. Yeah, but the fact is, when it comes to foreign policy, I think America is is the big daddy. Yeah. So when they, they then soon turn around, so you think of it, the whole Afghan army that we worked with for years, we've trained, I fought alongside the Afghan army, um, and they go. We love the. Do you mean we want Afghanistan to be free? You want the democracy kind of thing, and then you turn around and go to Brits. Go well, we're going now. Public opinion's changed. We don't want to be here anymore. We're off, and then the Americans go well. We're actually pulling out also, and it's like, well, hold on a second. Whenever you're an Afghan soldier and you come under contact with the enemy, you have the fast air. You have all the support. All of a sudden, all the ground troops. All of a sudden, goes well. We can't support you anymore, guys. We're going, and they're like, what do you mean we're going? We're, we're buddies. We're friends, and they go, we can't come and help you anymore. So then the Taliban turn up and they're like, mm, I'm going to put my weapon down here. I'm going to join your side now because Fuck. we know the Americans and the Brits and everyone else is gone. Um, that you, you, We know you're going to take in, become in charge of government. So a lot of these Afghan army soldiers who don't want to be part of the Taliban because they're not extremists, they change their opinions. They go, yeah, we'll fight with you. It's the basic, I've seen it in, in Syria as well, I've seen it in Iraq. They change how they're going to operate. They didn't believe in ideology. It's like, I don't want my family to be killed. I don't want to be killed, so I'm going to go join the people I don't want to be with. Yeah. So I think very much, yeah, the, um, the, Af- the Americans moved, pulled out too quick. That created a vacuum. Not only that is when the 12 Marines, well, 11 Marines and one U.S. Navy guy uh, died not long ago at Kabul Airport. That was an Islamic State attack. The Taliban have changed, from my opinion. Um, is the fact is they were actually ne- prepared to negotiate with countries to go, okay, we're going to move your citizens out of this country. Um, so I think, yeah, a lot, we need to, to a certain degree, and I'll say this with, like, biting my tongue really saying it, but we need to negotiate with the Taliban. You don't, do. you don't think this pullout was basically kind of the carrot they've been dangling in North Korea? Oh, you got, you know, uh, I think nuclear it's, weapons and same no, thing with Iran. The Taliban have played the long game. Public opinion in the US, Britain, and Europe is like, we can't sustain a foreign war that's mission creep. When I first landed in Afghanistan in 2002, jumping out of a helicopter in the mountains of Pakistan, um, Afghanistan, Pakistan, to hunt bin Laden and destroy um, Al-Qaeda training camps, it was like, 9-11's happened. Our mission is to find these people that happened 9-11. I'm a Brit. I'm like, we weren't even fucking in America. So that was our mission to begin with. Our mission then went to, to Iraq, Saddam Hussein, weapons of mass destruction, which we know is bullshit. When we all know it's bullshit, we shouldn't have been in Iraq. And it very quickly changed back to destroy the Taliban who've been facilitating Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. It's mission creep. It's big arms companies that were earning a lot of money about it. Governments that were, like, militarizing the countries to go fight the Taliban. It's like, it, we should not have been fighting the Taliban. The Taliban, like, I'm not saying, this is not me saying I like them, and a lot of people have a few whiskeys now. But people, like, go, well, we will talk shit. It's like, no, but you've got to be realistic. You've got to be subjective what you're saying here is... Taliban are indigenous people of that country. We know we might not like them, but if we turn the media off, who gives a fuck about Afghanistan? In real life, yeah, nobody Realistic. cares. Yeah, nobody I, cares. I, I didn't even know about the Afghanistan. The US cares. I, I'm why bring a shitload of opium from there, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you but really it, think it's about opium? No, no, no. That's one of the aspects. Hang on. Prior to one of the few aspects. Of prior it. to 2001, did you even know what? If you, if, had you even heard of Afghanistan? Mm-mm. Me personally, I, yes. Yeah, sir. I had never. I personally had. Majority of people I know had never. I like history. 
Okay, but did you what what lang- did you know what language the Afghanis spoke? What language do they speak? Tell I don't even Farsi. know. Today, it's another Farsi. What language Farsi? they talk? Afghanis? I no, don't know. It's another form Shit. of Farsi. It's Farsi. Far- it's Possible. another Pashto is the majority. It's another. Farsi is it's a, is a, it's a another dialect, form yeah. of Farsi. Well, it's sure, another you, dialect of Farsi. But, if you but, think of it that way, Pashtu there's 20 million the Azeris in Iran who speak Farsi, but they're actually. This Azeris. is the thing. Is though, it's, 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 this, and this is the reality of it when it comes to war. And like you talk about genocide earlier about the Azeris and genocide, and, that, and, I, and I'm very blunt and I say that, and it's like that's not a genocide. Is the media and people can manipulate what goes on. The message they want to send is manipulation because it's very subjective. Is our war in Afghanistan was never a war against the Taliban. It was mission creep. Our war was against Al-Qaeda, Osama bin Laden. Um, the war in Iraq was very much fake. Is destabilized Iraq. Weapon sales. Weapon sales. The... The sale of oil and gold. And I don't want to get into conspiracies, but then people start discrediting the work I'm doing now. Um, but the fact is, geopolitics is not. It's dirty. It's dirty. And like, when people go, oh, you're a spy, like, I've been in the House of the Parliament. I've guest spoken in the House of the Parliament on two occasions. And I've called my government out about the refugee crisis of 2015, about the war in Syria and Iraq, about funding Syrian rebels who are core terrorists. And then people got audacity and go, Oh, you're it's a spy crazy. So government. your government. Oh, I've stood up there. I've your been invited in to talk the about it. And funding yeah. your. But so is the US. Yeah, I understand. But so they're funding the terrorist organization they're fighting against. But we've done that for years. I understand. No, I know that for years. We don't always support the good guys. We Our people short-term. don't understand that. But yeah, but this is the thing that pisses me off. It's like, yeah, I served in the British military. I went to go out. I've served my country going out and fight who I need to go fight because. I'm still next to my mates and go, right, we're going out for six months now. We're going to kill whoever's in front of us. If we don't kill them, we might not go home. We're not doing it for a government. We're not doing it for like, a political agenda. We're doing it because I want you guys to come home with us. Yeah. To go out for a drink. Is that the mentality? Of course it is. Yeah, 100%. It's for a like, soldier, yeah. We're, we're guys. We're mates. We're, we're going to fight for each other. We're not fighting for the bigger, heart, the bigger meaning. And now that I'm a documentary filmmaker, I see it from a different level now because I'm not, I'm not there for a gun with a camera. So I can, I don't know, we'll call people out. If I don't believe in an agenda, I'll call them out for the agenda. And yeah. I'll say to them, and I'm, like I said, I've stood in the House of the Parliament talking to politicians going, you supporting Syrian rebels who are called terrorists are the short-term game, not long-term game, because it's going to come and bat, bite us on the arse. And I'll, and I'll do that. And then, can you imagine America understanding what's happening to them right now? And this is the thing, and this is not me disrespectful of Americans. Americans are, like, and a lot of Brits, are very they're just like ignorant to what's going on, and then when oh. so, and that's why I get angry. Sorry, I don't think it's ignorance. Of course, it is. Like the upper echelon that's making this all happen but are when, not ignorant. But the thing is, when you. someone calls me, oh, go, you're you're British. He's spy. not referring to the upper echelon. Yeah. He's talking about the people who watch the news and what is the news telling us. But when someone goes, oh, you're you're a spy, and I'm like, how? I'll, I'll call my government out. I'm not. I'm not quite content to call my government out when it because I'm British. I know I can call my government out, and there's no consequences to me. I don't live in fucking Turkey or North Korea or Iran. I can call my government. You in out Germany, and bro? Yeah, do you mean I can get away with it? And that's the thing. But it is what it is. But what I'd like to like finish Whoa. on is talk about the documentary. And then this documentary is like we talk a lot of politics tonight. And a lot of people messaging, being a bit angry about what I said. The angry people left. 
Have they gone? Oh yeah, no, the angry Sam, people. Sam good. Sam, well, Sam's a friend. Sam, Sam it is. Still Sam there. Adair's is still there. So Sam, find me a location in Boston and New York by hey, the morning. I think that's a different Sam on. No, no, no. The, 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 on YouTube, it's a different one. On yeah. Clubhouse, it's a different one. Anyone, but, anyone knows Sam? Follow him on Instagram. Sam Adair's great guy. Um, but the fact, the fact is though, forty-five days film. It's a ninety-eight minute documentary. It's human people. It's individuals telling their stories. No politics. No bullshit. It's honest, it's raw, and I'd love anyone to watch it, especially on non army Will it be available on any sort of streaming platform? Later, uh, later Blue, day, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it, it sounds crazy saying this, Blu-ray, DVD. What the fuck is Blu-ray? I know, I know. I haven't I know, heard I Blu-ray. I know, I know, I know. It's on VHS next week, bro. <laughs> VHS, could you imagine? <laughs> Fucking hate. A- any sort of streaming network, anything, YouTube, uh, yeah. Hulu, Netflix, it, it, anything people, you guys are working with? People need to be realistic about it, yeah. Imagine now, like, Star Wars released a new film, and it's now about to come out in the cinema and go, oh, can I download it? It's like, you can't download something that's in the cinema, can you? You've got no. to wait that, that natural time. So we're doing cinemas, we're doing a US tour, hopefully go to Canada if the Canadians can fucking sort their shitty COVID don't restrictions do it, out. Don't do it. Fucking ridiculous Canadians. Um, and then we're going to go to Europe with it. So yeah, once we finish the cinema screenings, we're then going to do the download option. We're entering the film festivals. We're going to apply for the Oscars. We're going to do everything with this. Of course, Jermaine, it all comes down to the support of people sharing everything. So, and I'd like to thank everyone from the diaspora um, supporting us, the people from Armenia and the people from Arts that have supported 45 Days Throughout. Emil. And you guys as well. Of course, man. Emil, dude. Big thing. We, we, we don't know how else to thank you, you, man. Seriously. Uh, we appreciate you taking time, coming out, talking to us. Um, I just want to go, keep- where's Bob hanging out now? Bob? Where's Bob now? I don't know. He's you guys sitting next to you, buddy. He's at Gitana. <laughs> He's at Gitana's. We got to go smoke hookah with Bob now. But remember, we're not sucking out of the same hose he is. You know, Bob's mouth has been in. Special hose. And this song, uh, people, uh, people hearing this song? Yeah. This is Cutchins. He's, he's the guy who's he, he's from Hadrut. Um, he's lost his home. He was a soldier. And now he's living in Yerevan. But he, he's part of the documentary. So, yeah. So, so he was more used to Yerevan when he was living in Hadrut, too. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, but he's the fact is that he's his family can't go back to the home. Definitely. And this is the thing is that people really need to realise that so many people have lost their homes and livelihoods. Yeah. And um, that that's the reality of war. Biggest sad part of all this yeah, yeah. Say. Uh Emil, thank you again for taking time out of your Monday to be with us. Cheers, mate. Um Cheers. Other than that, guys, everybody have a great week. I'm all out. Sorry guys. It's all good. It's all good. Cheers, everybody mate. have a great week. Have a, a great weekend. Left. Uh, if you want to watch the podcast, you can go on YouTube. It'll be processed and it'll be done probably in the next couple of hours or so. You could watch it on YouTube again. Uh, if you'll be patient, you'll wait 24 hours. This will be on Spotify, on iTunes, on uh, iHeartRadio, on Google Podcasts, and all major platforms. Back pages. Back porn pages, hub. Pornhub. Tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, well Mama, we made it. Part <laughs> up. <laughs> and, all, and all I'll say about the documentary, yeah, we are charging like people to come and watch the documentary because obviously screeners cost. Uh, we need to make a profit, and as well as we donate a lot of money, a lot of money to charity. But if anyone was any any location and want to watch the documentary, can't afford to watch it, let me know. Send me a private message on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, and we'll give you a free ticket. Do you mean I'm totally up for that? I there want, you go. I want people to watch this film. I, there you it's go. Not, it's not about the money. It's That's about it. people just experiencing it. There you go. Everybody have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we will see you next Monday. Thank you, Emil. Thank you, guys. Thank you very man. much. Thanks. Thanks.